comes down, Mr. All right, this is ridiculous. And it's in my neighborhood at nighttime while people are sleeping. Oh my God, I'm walking away, what an idiot. I'm literally walking away. Like, if my neighbors didn't hate me enough, I got Jay coming to my house once a week. Great. <laughs> my five-year-old told her mom, the police are here? Nope. What? She said, Mommy, what's going on outside? She goes, I don't know. I think Jay's here. And she's like, is he an idiot? <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> because when I went upstairs to talk to my wife, she goes, she's saying the I word now. Oh, And I go, no. what's the I word? And she goes, idiot. And I went, well, I mean, it's appropriate. She's not this, wrong. For this moment. She's not wrong. I'll take it. That's funny. I, uh, I'm enjoying my new uh, Phoenix PA system. I got to hook up the- Not wait uh, for you to get shot at. Oh, Yes. I have not had a chance to tell someone to turn their lights on. So the single reason that I got that Phoenix PA system uh-huh. was so I could tell people to turn their lights on, and it hasn't happened yet. So but it will. Funny about that is that may be the single reason that you got uh, that product for, and it will mm-hmm. not be the majority of the use of that product. No, I'm going to be annoying people, and just like I did you. Because it's hilarious. The one that's hidden is that I haven't found yet. I can't figure out how to access it, but I know what's on the box uh-huh. is the Knight Rider theme. Dun da 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 dun da 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 dun da da dun da. Oh my so god! So stoked! So excited! You didn't like the ecto horn from uh, Ghostbusters? I didn't like that in my neighborhood. Oh. My nice, quiet, middle class neighborhood. <laughs> you didn't like the fact that I had two hundred watt speakers mm. facing at forty five degree angles out the front under the bumper? No, that's so good. No, it was not so good. Not good. Not good at all. Lightning and Holman, it is the Truck Show Podcast. This is a very special episode because we have... A PA system on Lightning TRX. Nope, because we have the president on the show. Yeah, I'm going to uh, say that I'm very excited to have him come to the pod shed. We actually have the president, the president, making a trek all the way down here to the coast to uh, engage us and delight us with his knowledge and his insights of the automotive industry right here in the pod shed. His name is Mike Spag... See, you guys are thinking the president. Mike Spagnola, the president of the Specialty Equipment Market Association. And I'm going to go ahead and say right now that uh, we're not going to do anything else on the show but talk to Mike because it's not that often that such an important guest, we get as much time with him as we want. So I'm dedicating <laughs> this show to uh, to SEMA and the upcoming SEMA show, which we'll be at. By the way, we will be doing a uh, podcast from the EGR booth on Thursday. So if you happen to be at SEMA, uh, between 2 and 4, I think. Uh, you ink the deal. Is right. it 2 and, two and 4? 2 and 4 on, okay. on Thursday. So if you happen to be at the SEMA show, uh, we'll have some stickers and stuff with us. Come on by and say hi and uh, and. It, come check out the products for EGR. You know, we've been talking about how awesome the, uh, the, the tonneau track. covers yep, yep. Tonneau covers are, and you can come see them in person. And just wanted to shout out and say uh, thank you to those guys for uh, for asking us if uh, we'd want to go hang out in the booth and, and do Ma- some pod. Mike and Justin are, are my man over there. So, yeah, we're, we're excited to hang out for a couple of hours, and I think there's beer when we're done. I think there's beer while we're doing it, isn't there? Oh, oh, oh were we at happy hour? I think it was after we wrap, there's happy hour. Uh, sure. <laughs> Dude, I'll drink into a podcast. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, like, I got to twist my arm. Listen, my HR department has no issues with that whatsoever. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna bring some uh, SEMA content. Uh, Lightning and I will be there all week. But again, uh, this episode that we're gonna do right now, uh, we are awaiting the arrival of uh, Mike Spagnola, the president of SEMA, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about a range of topics. Um, I've got a whole lot of different things that I want to hit. Because A, SEMA's doing a bunch of cool stuff right now in the industry that you guys should know about. 
but also I have a bunch of just random questions like what's your take on this and what do you guys feel about this and how does this affect the business and I want to see uh, you know what what Mike thinks I think last time we had him on uh, was a quick phone call and then the time before that was for what a half an hour 45 minutes at the SEMA show where he was super busy so we kind of get him to ourselves I, a little bit right and now and so three SEMAs ago remember we got him at the top of the staircase we did he was like uh, I'm Guys, supposed to I'm, be in yeah. a meeting and we're right, like right, right. we literally pinned him up against the wall Holman and I are like bodyguards like pushing him against the the wall and wouldn't let him leave so hey do you think he's gonna roll up in his uh fly yellow nissan 350z dude it's uh the nissan z proto and i think it's actually uh, <clears throat> got wheels tires and it's tuned and stuff so <laughs> uh it's a i know it's a, a three liter uh twin turbo v6 i think it's a stick too like I said, I think the wick's been turned up a little bit because he is the president of SEMA. So why would you not be driving a modified car? I mean, he represents us. He's supposed to. So, so he uh, yeah. he rips. Yeah, I, I, I love those Zs. Anyway, uh, so I think he's uh, he'll be pulling up shortly. So why don't we thank Nissan? It's a great uh, opportunity for us to say thank you for uh, being the presenting sponsor of the Truck Show podcast. And Thanks for making the Z, by the way. Cool car. I had that blue one for a little while. The Nissan. Did? Yeah, you remember it was like, I don't know, probably six months ago or maybe a little bit longer where Nissan's like, hey, you want to drive one of the cars? And they sent me the- uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that car. Dude, it's so much fun. Anyway, uh, if you're looking for a truck, you want to head on down to your local Nissan dealer. And of course, the uh, Nissan Frontier is one of the uh, hottest and uh, best looking mid-sized trucks. So head on down to your local Nissan dealer, or you can type in NissanUSA.com on your browser, and you can build and price and check out all the features and options and find that right Nissan pickup truck for you. You know what's, uh, you're going to trip on this, Holman, is that we have a Frontier coming to Banks tomorrow which we're doing some pedal monster testing, making sure, because we haven't had uh, reverse safety for the latest generation of the Frontier, and we've been getting a lot of calls. Legitimately, they're like, I have Frontier, I want the pedal monster, I'm excited Sweet. about reverse safety, so it's stock when I back up. Yep. So we've got one, we're going to, ma- that'll mean we can probably have it out before Christmas. So if you've got a Frontier, the pedal monster does work today for you, but it doesn't have reverse safety. So by Christmas, it'll have reverse safety. Pedal Monster is the smartest. I know there's some other guys claiming to be the most advanced throttle controller. BS. Not true. Not, it's absolutely not true. They don't have reverse safety. They don't have active safety. When the other guys fail, they could fail to full throttle or just put you dead in the middle of the highway. Pedal Monster is the most advanced, the smartest throttle controller. And it makes driving fun again because it, it restores that response that you lost when you went to bigger tires. There's hundreds of applications for almost every truck on the road. Hit bankspower.com. Type in your year, make, and model to find your Pedal Monster. And right now, the uh, Truck Show podcast has joined forces with Hellwig Products, where we are going to uh, fight saggy bottoms together. So if the rear of your vehicle sags while you're hauling your trailer or your camper, Hellwig Helper Springs can help you level out that load. And of course, no more white knuckle rides. If you have a tow vehicle or a truck that drives like a teeter-totter or has a high center of gravity or it just doesn't feel confident around corners, Hellwig Products Sway Bars can help alleviate the unwanted body roll and make your next road trip smoother. Also, it'll give you a lot more sure handling around those corners. Hellwig Products are made in the USA. They have been since 1946. So I think one of their uh, latest applications that they uh, are excited about is their new Ford Bronco application. So if you ride a bucking Bronco on oh, a... Re- come on. Thank you. Uh, on a regular basis, then you want to check out the rear sway bars from Hellwig for that application. If you want to know more about Hellwig products, just head on over to hellwigproducts.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have. 
lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Whoa, whoa. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Holman, this is the big one. I've got a, a proper intro for our next guest. <laughs> in fact, I was looking outside the door, and there's uh, two guys in suits, mm-hmm. well-fitted, but it's dark outside right now because we recorded in the middle of the night, and they have sunglasses on. Well, I'm seeing one of them has a blinking LED in his right ear. Did you see the other guy with the uh, briefcase? And the briefcase is also blinking. There's something going on outside. Let him in! Let Mike in! Mike! Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Mike Spagnola, <laughs> president of the Specialty Equipment Market Association. A president I can get behind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Five star. Welcome guys, to awesome. the Truck Show Podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is the uh, first time you've been in my backyard. What do you think? This is a, is that a euphemism? What? Well, I mean, no, it's, it's, a sh- it's actually a shed, uh-huh. and we're actually in my backyard. This is, I watched you put this together on, on social media, and this is amazing. Yeah. This is very cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You like my uh, cork ceiling? I, I love the ceiling. I love the... Uh, uh, the halo lights. we got uh, our steer horns. Steer horns. It's, it's We've got a right. air freshener of Mr. Gail Banks hanging from there wow. as well. So. <laughs> you do, dude. Oh, man. And then we've got this, uh, this is our shelf of uh, things uh, people have gifted us yeah, uh, from freebies. listeners. Yeah. Well, I brought gifts. I came bring so, yeah, gifts. Oh, what so are these boxes? Gifts. Let's see here. All right. Let's see. And Mike, uh, get, get close yeah. up on the All right. There. All right. There you go. Oh, perfect. There you go. All this right. Is, this is going to keep my Dr. Pepper cold. Yeah. All right. Hold you on. You should take your Dr. Pepper and pour it in your new tumbler, sir. Right. Yep. this out. Sweet. Brought you a couple tumblers. Ooh. Love it. Ooh. Complete with the SEMA logo. Dude, this is not right. I'm going to do the entire show while speaking into my tumbler. Please do not do that. That's a good use of Mike's time right here. He hasn't had a long day or anything. No. Yeah. Hey, it's great being with you guys. It's always fun. This is awesome. I've been looking forward to this ever since you invited me. Look at that. Mm Mm. Does it taste better from a uh, double so, wall Mike, tumbler? This is so much better. My Dr. Pepper out of the uh, SEMA tumbler is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. There your, we go. Your royalty's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the court jester now? <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh. So, Mike, we've spoken with you, I feel like, at the last at least two or three SEMA shows in Las yep. Vegas. And I, I can't remember if we've had you on the phone for some random event or we not. Did. But like, did, okay, we did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. First time you're in the pod, the pod shed, right? It's digging it. That's digging it, man. You were not is... expecting this, be honest. I, I wasn't. I was, <laughs> I was so amazed how beautiful this is. Like, it's actually I mean, professional looking. It's, it is. So, it is. yeah, I, I took my entire nut and then some and uh, made uh, made a place for Lightning and I to, uh, to keep doing the podcast. We had some help from uh, one of our listeners, Rich Hol- uh, Holdaway from Hollister. Came down with his crew. Uh, he uh, tough shed built the shed, and he did the drywall. And then my buddy Mark, who's a contractor locally, helped uh, wire it. And just so many friends and, and listeners who all kind of pitched in to, to make this a reality, yeah. so we could keep the show going. And I uh, I lacked to see the building permit that was hanging on the wall when you put it together. So what's awesome about the uh, city <laughs> I live in? How dare you bring that up? No, I got it, it, as long as you are under 120 okay. something square right. feet. 
and lower than uh, 10 feet. You're good. Huh? You're good. So right. it's uh, it's All called right. an ADU and uh, outside of the uh, those dimensions. So guess how big this uh, the shed is? I got the biggest floor uh, like footprint I could get. One inch under the legal limit. Yeah, it's uh, when because you, you do the uh, the space I think from the interior, so it's actually a little right. bit smaller. Right. And I actually had the roof on this particular one flatten the pitch a little bit so that we could be under the uh, the, the height. And my old neighbor who finally moved away. Uh, the day this went up, he was already calling the city on me and stuff, and no he way. was emailing me uh, the code, and I was ready for him, and I go, yeah, awesome. buddy. You guys you know, have stepped up. You know, I knew you guys when. Yeah. And, and now, look at this. Well, I mean, so we, we were at Motor Trend for how long? And that was cool, because there, there was some like cachet to Motor Trend yeah, and being yeah. in the big studio and all that stuff. But I think this has given us the freedom, A, we can say what we want. We don't have... Corporate the, the, o- overlords? No right. overlords anymore. Right. No board of directors. You can't say this and can't say that. So that's been really, really cool. Holman officially owns the company. Nice. I'm just some hired hand. Yep. Uh, but it's it's cool. I'm digging it. And uh, people, we're, we're still awesome. here 300 plus episodes For, 40, in. We've done 40 episodes plus in this room. That's awesome. It's all awesome. So. I mean, last time uh, we talked, we were standing outside at the SEMA show. We were standing in the in the silver lot out yeah. front. Oh yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. So yep. this is yep. a step up. For well, sure. we were we are actually I think in the uh, Motor Trend booth out there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So this is this has been great. But like we we still do a lot of stuff out of the studio. So we love yeah. to get out and about. We'll be at SEMA again doing interviews. Yeah. In fact, we'll Thank be you. in the EGR booth uh, doing a show for, uh, live basically from uh, from Vegas. Wow. So. Uh, EGR called us and said, "Hey, what would it take to get you guys here?" And we said, "Let's do it." So, sandwiches. Awesome. We're like, yeah, if you bring a sandwiches, and Dr. We'll Pepper, cool Dr. Pepper. That's in our writer, by the way. Right. Well, okay. So speaking of writer, um, <laughs> I, you know, oh, here we go. Uh, we we're doing some uh, some prep for uh-huh. uh, the, the El Presidente, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I get this email. And, uh, and now that, you guys don't a, know this, but Mr. Spagnol is a jokester. <laughs> and and the the email said, uh, you know, uh, writer, and then I. I get a text from uh, your guy Zane. Yes. And Zane's like, hey, what's your email? So I'm like, personal or uh, business? And he goes, oh, Mike wants to send you something. And I'm like, uh huh. Uh huh. So uh, I open up the document. This is a Spagnolo writer. And it says, uh, Mike Spagnolo, hospitality writer. Uh, so these are these are the things that we had to provide. Yes. Uh, now, by the way, a writer, you, for those of you that don't know, is what the band or the band's management yeah. will give to the venue to say, say before this is, we... Yeah. Before Our we, guys have to be comfortable before they'll do this. You've heard like, yeah. uh, like the green Con- room Kanye and, West yeah, will say, I want all white roses yeah. and the windows must be shut. And it's got to be 64.5 degrees. Like Those will be in the things the writer... And if those things aren't met, he just bails, doesn't even play the show. That's a writer. So we both wrote back... I wrote back. I'll see. I'll have my people on it, and then Jay writes back something like, "What was what was your response? You had like some longer response." <laughs> no, no, no. Mine, mine, mine was relatively short Be- because it also included sound. Oh, just, I, not, I'm not well just, aware. No, no, uh, just the food. <laughs> yeah, well, he. I said that you. He asked for a uh, veggie platter, and I said you'll get a warm veggie platter half eaten. And then he had this whole thing about sound. I said you're going to get a pair of 1977 AKG headphones slathered in uh, in crusty beer well, and sweat. And I, I and I did tell Zane he'd be lucky to get a, a warm Dr Pepper when he comes. Yeah. So all right, so let's go to the writer here. Uh, it says uh, please provide a clean, private, lockable green room. With ample and comfortable seating for four to six people. So this is our green room. Yeah, thank you. Clearly yeah. four chairs here and a lock on the door. So I think we met that yep. one. Check. Uh, must All be right. temperature adjustable and have quick accessible Wi-Fi. We've got the uh, AC unit. Yep. Check. And our Wi-Fi is right yep. there. So we yep. have full bars. Okay. All right. 
Oh, you, you want to do the bell. I'll, yeah, let, I'll let Mike do the bell. No, that's fine. Uh, and uh, it says, must include full-length mirror and access to private restroom. So my backyard is the biggest restroom <laughs> that you'll find. I saw the tree. Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, right, hand, give me a bell. He got it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> hand sanitizer and antibacterial soap should be uh, readily available. Uh, I would say that's readily available upon request. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, we, it says green room, please uh, refrigerate all appropriate items. And we do have a refrigerator, so yep. I feel like we've met that. Okay. Th- this is where it gets dicey for me. Um, <laughs> veggie tray with uh, organic spinach, kale, or now, mixed greens. Now, is that what you, Dicey vegetables? Thank oh, you. Look thank, at that. You, thank, right? you, thank you. Thank you. Oh, jeez. Uh, fruit tray. And, and this is a or seasonal assortment of berries plus five bananas. Now, is there a reason that five bananas is is? There's probably only three of us. No, There's I, something weird about he, five. He only eats two of them. He puts one in his cup holder for later and takes the other home two to his family. Right? Ah, okay. All right. All right. Uh, two small apples, red delicious. Two green apples, Granny Smith. Now he wants red grapes, blueberries, and strawberries. Here's the thing about all this. I have a five-year-old. I have all of it. I, I can go right into the other room and uh, across, across the backyard there, and I can deliver. Mike I, was not expecting this I'm, at all. I'm not, I'm no. not kidding. My I, thought wife, I, had, I thought I had you guys. My wife is leaving uh, this weekend because she's got her trip before I just got back. She goes, and then I get to go to SEMA. But they literally went to the grocery store today, brought back all the fruit so I can feed Abby while, while uh, my wife is away. All of these things in the refrigerator right now. Uh, organic cheese. <laughs> I think Lightning has enough organic cheese for all of us. I, I, I got some in my shoes I can uh, give you. Uh, I just meant the cheesiness. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, the gluten-free crackers. Yeah, no. Now, this is what's interesting. Uh, a few cans of sardines. No, there's no there's no number. It's just uh, it's a feel. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. No, no. We don't have those. Oh, okay. Uh, assorted mixed nuts, cashews, almonds, or Brazil nuts. Raw. Now, Mike's going to be surprised by this. Oh, don't pull out. No, hold on a second. What do you have here? In the Dr. Pepper. Fr- Look. Oh, wow. Oh, Macadamia. Macadamia. Yeah. 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 Yes. All right. Close. Close-ish. That's a half a bell. More more than you thought, right? Yeah. I mean, this is uh, protein bars, perfect bars, organic no. granola. No. Jar. This is where we fall apart, by the yeah, way. Bag no, of tortilla nothing. chips no. and salsa. No, Three bags of M&M's. No green no. ones. Everybody wants the green ones. Mike wants us to pick them all out. <laughs> no, no green M&M's. <laughs> uh, three kids cold-pressed uh, pouches. Uh, I, I think I can handle that. Three lemons. One to two bottles of sparkling water. I like still myself. So, uh, But he has Diet Coke, Coke, Sprite. There's no Dr. Pepper. He knows this is a Dr. How Pepper venue. You. This is Dr. Pepper only. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I like this uh, for the interview. He wants uh, three black stage towels. <laughs> what, you plan on sweating in here? Yeah, Come look on at, look at his uh, re- audio request here. This yeah. is like, dude, he wants a 64-channel board, which, nope, I got a, I got a six-channel board. That's not going to work. <laughs> look at all these AES in and out stereo. Uh, you got an uh, like four ox buses See, I figured on you. you'd like that. None I, of this stuff. Oh, you know this stuff. <laughs> I got, I got none of this. You but want, we you do have a board that lights wants, up multicolors. He I wants in ear monitors. No, you got <laughs> headphones. You got headphones. <laughs> Deal with this. You Mike. know what's funny? I haven't given him my SEMA writer yet for the uh, hosting oh, of the, oh, the panel I'm moderating. Can't wait now. I yeah. can't wait now. So I'll, I'll send that to you, CC, our friend Gary Vigil, and uh, yeah. we'll let you guys know what to have for me in the uh, the oh, media God. room. So, okay. Okay. So listen, listen, listen. There are many reasons why you're here, but I think the number one, let's do this first. Okay. Normally we do the like the the plugs at the end. Sure. I want to do this first because it's this major. We've been talking about the SEMA show. You know SEMA is the trade organization for the aftermarket. You make wheels, tires, suspension components, whatever. Everything is represented at the SEMA show. And because 
over the last how many years? 50, 60, how long? 56 years. 56 years. Okay. If, if I make a suspension system and I want to show it off, I'm going to put it on the coolest truck that I can possibly get my hands on. Therefore, the SEMA show by default has turned into the greatest automotive event in the world. On earth. And you can't go as our listener. You you can't you haven't been able to go. Until until a couple of years ago, you opened up Fridays, kind of right. like tip like just testing the waters, okay? It's still Fridays, the, the the consumer can go, you guys can go, but now you have SEMA Fest. So we talked about this last year at SEMA, and you said, hey, listen, next year we've got a party that's going to roll all week and all weekend. And you said, this is the vision, we're working on it, and here we are, just short of a year later, and you have some just phenomenal lineup. Every time I see a SEMA press release with a new act that's coming on or a new function that you're you're holding or new activity it's just like it just like guys at some point it's only 3 days long yeah. like how are you how are you getting squeeze all this into 3 days yeah so sema fest it's uh this idea where again where we can now have consumers so um sema show is business to business only it's about 160,000 people that show up to the sema show and that's what and, the second or third biggest conventions uh in yeah last year we were the largest okay so you know, yeah people want to get in and you know let's face it some guys find ways to sneak in but uh, <laughs> this really started uh, about 2016. We started with a parade coming out of the show. What we found were people, consumers, were showing up and just putting their uh, lawn chairs outside to watch these cars come out of the show. And just leave. First time, and then just leave. I remember so, years of that. Like, literally, well, they used to have that and, one parking lot where they had, like, a car show, so everybody who was in the show would drive on the streets of Vegas. They'd get them shut down by the police to a lot, and then people could come see the right. thing. And it was kind of a party on that Friday night. Uh, and then that kind of morphed over time. But the parade of leaving SEMA has become the thing to do for locals who well, what around, want to see everything. Around noon on Friday, you would start setting up grandstands. Right. And it's all grandstands. So all the vehicles that can drive that don't have Bluetooth drive shafts, which is the thing <laughs> we'll talk about later, but which is most, uh, most meaning most can drive. They will take their time leaving all the, because it's north, south, north, central, south, and the new hall. What's the new hall called? West Hall. West, West. Hall. They all funnel into one lane, basically, and make this the most incredible parade. Right. And it is from hot rods, yeah, you'll exotics. Never, the, the, the amount of variety that comes out of the show, you will have a vintage, one-off, restomotted, million-dollar something followed by a giant Florida truck with, like, train horns in every orifice. <laughs> but I love it. Like the, the Ring Brothers, right? They're right. Cla- yeah. they're famous for making Super high end. the like uh, Riddler cars, yeah. right? The, the Award winning cars. They just drive it right down the street, yeah. Las Vegas Boulevard, right to the. And you can they might go goose it a little bit, right? People like to yeah. hear it. Yeah, yeah. Right? They, they do, but there's you know you can't do you burnouts, can't be crazy. All that stuff. You but, can't but be crazy. People, you know, and of you don't course. want a Mustang cars and coffee incident. So you gotta you know. Yep. <laughs> well, no, they have a no Mustang policy. The, oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've got spectators along the the sidewalks there. So tell us, um, it's starting 16 yeah. and it's come so, along. So we uh, so we had this Seam Ignited and this parade and all of that. And we saw that consumers wanted to be part of this gig, right? We started on this path where we were going to do a festival, right? And then it's called SEMA Fest. We took another 40 acres uh, down the road. It starts Friday afternoon. We're doing music. We're doing, you know, Hoonigan's going to be there. 
uh, Nitro Circus is going to be there. Formula be, Drift. Formula Drift. We're going to be doing all these just wild car events, followed up by just amazing music. And if I were being truthful, that rider came from one of the uh, one of the, <laughs> the bands. I, I just I, I, I sign every contract for all the bands, and I just laugh at some you of these riders. Right. Yeah, I just well. laugh at some of these riders, but I I stole that from one of the bands. So, so yeah. uh, hold on a second. If you go to semafest.com, uh, that's where you can yep. get tickets and get the info. Friday night. Incubus, Wiz Khalifa, Third Eye Blind, Bush, Ludacris, Chase Matthew, Roman Duddy, Aaron Jones, Bones UK, Starcrawler, Paper Idol. That's a that's a hell of a lineup. And then there's Saturday with Imagine Dragons as the headliner. Ooh. AJR, Walk the Moon, The Struts, Badflower, Meg Myers, Dead Sarah, Ren for short, uh, Brooke Alex, Hot Crazy, Good Boy Daisy, The Foxies, and again, Formula Drift, Nitro Surface, Hoonigan. I mean... Dude, I'm a Struts Dude. fan. You're gonna, yeah. Do you know the Struts? I do. Struts, struts rad. I'll tell you, Struts yeah. are rad. And um, Dead Sarah. I was really surprised. Yes. I yeah. like Dead Sarah. Yeah. yeah. So that female-fronted, not a screamo band. They're on the, not hardcore. How would you describe Dead Sarah? Yeah, they're kind of like at a late 90s sound. Right. But with female-fronted. But, 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 but at she, 11. But she, no, she's got an incredible melodic voice. But then she just screeches. That's what, that's what like, I'm saying. It, yeah. It's like yeah. that 90s vibe. But then it's like at 11. Like there's. Anyway, if you haven't no, heard of her, Bush, she's awesome. They're all good. It, it, Bush it, uh, is awesome. You know, it was funny. Gavin Rosdale, by the way, is a super cool dude. Really? Yes. Yeah. And, super uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Third Eye Blind. I mean, what was yeah. the last time? He's not a cool dude. No, he's not. I was no, going to say Stephen yeah. Jenkins. Oh, I heard he's stories not about you. Dick, yeah. 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 No, yeah. You're, you're paying him. So yeah, yeah, so he'll, be great, he'll be great to you. But Incubus used to be as good as you could get in the in the 2000s, early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah, people are rocking about Incubus. I mean, I'm watching all the social media, and it's all over the place, right? But they just played Hollywood Bowl and killed it. Killed it. And the cool thing is there's a lot of bands here that are good bands, but a lot of these are good bands live. Because you don't always get that, and so it's, that this this is going to be incredible. Yeah, I mean, so I wonder. So, Mike, who was doing the call? Who was doing the A and R, so to speak? Like, who was booking this event? And 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 the follow up is going to be when they when Imagine Dragons, Dan, the lead singer, or whoever the, their agent gets the call, he goes, "Well, you want us to play a, a, car, a car show?" show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it it was interesting. I got to tell you, first year out of this stuff, and I'm out of my league here. I mean, this is this is your guys' stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lightning. This is you. But um, we brought in some experts. We, you know, we weren't going to try to do this all on our own. And we brought in some experts. We did kind of go through the list of bands and, you know, and some of them I honestly didn't know, but when I played their music, you know, like I, I went to YouTube and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's them. You know, I've heard that song, right? And uh, so it's, this has been a year long project to get here. And the negotiations have been interesting. Because <laughs> you yeah. teamed up well, with Live Nation, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. And some of those guys. Well, and yeah. I was going to ask, some of those te- as you're approving bands and contracts and, yep. and, and people are bringing, hey, how about these guys? How about these guys? Do you have it in the back of your mind or did you say up front, I want car people? I want people that love this or... Tried to, but yeah. it wasn't always, right? Okay. It, it wasn't always that way. And it was more about, you know, how, what is the demographic we're trying to get to? Sure. You know, because some of this is really, it's not just so that yeah, we want consumers to love SEMA and yeah. have a chance to come to the SEMA show and all that for sure. But obviously we're trying to get a different generation as we move forward Yep. Um, and a new generation of car lovers and people that are car curious but are music lovers, right? Yeah. And we're thinking we can turn some of those car curious people into car lovers. Well, and I'm thinking if I'm one of the bands and I'm a car guy, I'm going, who just called? Hold on. Yeah, that tour is going on. Uh, yeah, move those dates because I'm. I want to be at SEMA because I, I guarantee you, there's people that are in the bands mm-hmm. who've always wanted to go to SEMA and never went, right. and now they're getting well, the we opportunity. Got some of that. Yeah, yeah, we, I bet, yeah. yeah we, we have some of that for sure. So, 
you know, it was that. And then the other reason is we've got to connect closer to consumers as we go forward just so that we can um, generate those leads and know who they are because we're under attack in this whole car industry, right? Yeah. And we've got to make sure that we can connect to consumers as we see legislation comes up that we need some help yeah. on. And we've got to, we're going to have to pull everybody together yep. as these things go forward and be able to uh, have a voice in, in where we're going. And so that's a huge piece of where I want to go in the next couple of years is, you know, when ICE vehicles, they want to shut down to yep. off-road, you know, you guys saw the uh, work we did in Oceana Dunes. That's huge because Pismo they, Beach. You guys know that they're as Pismo. now yeah. they're now going after the state brought in some witnesses that weren't factual right. in their point of view. And you know, there's other industries that I'm sure if you listen to the show, you can figure out where there's been some good court wins. And there's yeah. there's there's almost seems like the car guy and some of the things that go well, well with cars. There's been a change where common sense is coming back and. Yeah, you know, we talk about it all the well, time. That band never went out of style. Common Sense just played the opening of. Uh, Did they really? Uh, yeah, Grainworks <laughs> down. They uh, say they're playing uh, opening up for Sema Fest. Uh, they're not. <laughs> they're <laughs> not. <laughs> there is nobody at Sema that's got common, common sense. Common sense, yeah, right. <laughs> just, just, just walk around the show. But we've we've talked about. It. I know you guys. Have by been, the way, that's a bad reggae band yeah, from Southern California. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, sense. we uh, we've talked before, and, and obviously you guys have started to embrace kind of the EV because you see yep. that's coming, and that has to be part of it. But Lightning and I have talked on the show, and I have a lot of experience with modern EVs and driving them and testing them, and there's definitely a place for them. There is, but you look at the mandates coming through, and those are the problems I have. You know, uh, there we just played a clip a couple weeks ago from somebody at the American Trucking Association was talking about a landowner wanted a near Joliet, Illinois, wanted to put in a 30 truck distribution center with charging. And the power company came back and laughed at him and said, that's more than the whole town takes. Right. And I'm not inherently against EV. I think last mile delivery, I think some performance stuff, I think drag racing could benefit from EVs, especially because of noise. So there's places where EV makes sense. I think the kind of the niche far end of enthusiasts that there's some people playing in that space. It's pretty cool. I think some rest of mod stuff is pretty cool. But I don't want to be mandated into it because I feel like you still should be able to have consumer choice. And when people live in really hot climates or really cold climates or they tow, that's not the right tool for the job. Well, you took the talking points right out of my mouth. So <laughs> it's a, you know, uh, it's again. a common topic here yeah. on the show. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we try we try and we try to be open minded and fair. I've driven for a Rivian sure. cross country. I've been in the Lightning. I've driven Teslas off road. I've, I've lots of different experiences. You know, but one of the things that really kind of got me was we've got one uh, nuclear power plant left here in California, and that's uh, Diablo Canyon up in uh, in uh, Central California. And the governor of our great state wanted to shut it down and realized, oh, we can't because that's two gigawatts of power, and we sort of need that if I want to be pushing this agenda. The problem is we've we've seen studies where if we were to change to EV overnight and everybody lost their gas cars – we would need 18 gigawatts of power. We need right. nine more nuke plants, and we haven't built one in the state in 50 years or whatever it is. And so, and I look at you saw my driveway when you yeah, walked up. Yeah. I've got a CRV, I've got a plug in hybrid Grand Cherokee, and I've got a 392 Jeep Wrangler. So, like, I, you can have it all. You can have your efficient car, you can have your right. plug in car. You know, my wife loves her plug in, it's perfect. Her, her commute is within the, you know, 25 miles of battery range that she gets. She drops, you know, the little one off and goes to work and comes back, and she can, some days, her whole day is on EV power, on battery power. It's perfect for that use case. For me, I like to go out and romp around the desert, and I don't want that in that particular. And so, as a consumer, I feel like I'm doing my part because I've looked at the landscape and we've chosen the right tool for the job for That's our right. family. Exactly. 
but but we had the choice. We, nobody right. had to mandate that we had to have a plug-in in the driveway. Nobody mandated that we have to have a, a Honda four-cylinder in, in the driveway. And I'm still able to have my V8 and feel okay about it. Yeah, that's what we're saying. We're saying, look, uh, number one, they think the mandates are coming too hard and too yeah. fast. Um, you know, they're talking about by 2026, 33% of the cars. And there's no way. We don't have the infrastructure. Consumers are not buying them in the, in the rate that everybody thought they would. No. You know, there's still a lot of technology. It's cool stuff. It's coming. We think it's one of several technologies that meet the future. We've got a couple things going on at the SEMA show this year. And we're, I feel like we're the only guys that can talk about this, right? You know, some of the other uh, automotive shows are all in with EV. Yeah, well, they're all about the, the OE, and the right. OE is their customer. Right. And their customer is trying to push that agenda. So if you're at a normal local auto show, you're getting one side of the coin. SEMA seems like we're trying to embrace everything, but be realistic about all That's the right. fingers that go out into the automotive world. So there's two things about this. There's uh, Obviously, we think that hydrogen's got part of the future. Sure. We think that there is um, E85 still, of course. There's propane. There's... Uh, synthetic fuels. Natural gas. There's natural gas. There's all these different fuels that we think are going to be part of the future. And the government shouldn't put their thumb on the scale and yeah. say it's EV and EV only. And so we're going to, we have a future tech uh, studio at SEMA this year that's going to ha- embrace all these different technologies. Awesome. And we're going to talk about them. And we're doing a round table. And we've brought in a guy from hydrogen. We brought in a guy from EV. We brought in a guy. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about all these technologies going forward. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is just the economic impact. Yeah. If we really were to try to shut down and say it's EV and EV only, the, the economy for the automotive world would collapse. I mean, immediately. We, we, are a, uh, we just did our economic impact study, and we are $353 billion to mm-hmm. the economy. And we estimated three hundred and fifty-three billion. Is that to the, the U.S. economy? Yeah, the U.S. economy. Okay. And that's just the aftermarket. That's just yeah, the, the SEMA aftermarket. And imagine, I mean, SEMA may be a U.S. organization, but you stretch worldwide. Right. I mean, you look at right. the show, and you've got—I I would imagine—you probably know the, the metric. You must have fifty or sixty countries represented, or yeah, more. About eighty companies Eight, show okay. at the SEMA show. Yeah. So, yeah, three hundred thirty-seven billion dollars. Uh, We're uh, one point three million U.S. jobs. So, and the, so we just did the study. We're more than $104 billion worth of wages, over, uh, yeah, 1.3 million um, jobs U.S.-wide. So, and we pay $24 billion in taxes. That's huge. So you start to shut that down. Yeah. Well, this is what worries you me, know, too, like, right? So you talked about hydrogen fuel cell. I think hydrogen fuel cell makes way more sense for over-the-road trucks than exactly. battery does, for exactly. example, right? Mm-hmm. And you can fill them up fast, and you can create your electricity, and you don't have to worry about the discharge of pulling 80,000 pounds up a grade, all that kind of stuff that you would with batteries that would get you know roached by having that kind of power release and all that. But the thing that I worry about is here in California, and not to be California pompous, but you know this is where we are, and we're the kind of the the tip of the spear of dealing with all this stuff. And you guys say, "Oh, I, I live in my you know little enclave here in the middle of the country. It's coming to you too." So it's important for us to talk about it, so you can see what's coming your way and be prepared. But here they want this high density housing, so they're knocking down schools and they're knocking down you know old apartments and things, and they're putting like three hundred unit places that go vertical. That go vertical yeah. because they want to urbanize suburbia. Mm-hmm. The problem with that when it comes to car culture is you already don't have a parking space for every tenant there, and there's no way physically possible for you to have a charger for every tenant as well. Right. So you're pushing people into these high-density housing that might have you know some sort of restriction so that it's a affordable housing unit. So now you're asking somebody in an affordable housing unit to have for them to have transportation 
They have to buy a vehicle that has a base price that's way more expensive than what they can use, and they can't charge it at home anymore. Right. And to me, that's that's a massive, massive loss for everybody. The consumer loses, um, the experience loses, um, and I think they're just trying to force everybody into mass transit, which in our area isn't as well developed as it is in other places where you can live without a car. You can't do that in Southern California. You know, a place like New York City started from a central place and grew out, and they have trains and they have mass transit that grew with it. Southern California is very unique because it was a bunch of uh, disparate communities all over, uh, you know, a thousand square miles or whatever it happens to be that all grew together into a metropolis. And each one of these little pinpoints where something started isn't the same as the next one that it touches. And so we've never had that kind of infrastructure here. It's always been about the car. The culture is here. Even today, as manufacturing has moved away from California, it's still an epicenter for design. It's still an epicenter for trends. It's still an epicenter for all those things. You see it at SEMA. You guys are California-based. And we are at the leading edge of both trends and also regulation. And it's this really weird place to be because it's like on one end, you're excited about the future. On the other end, you're fighting off the things that could kill your future. It's the epicenter of liberal politics. You know, it's Tell us about Washington. You've been there. You've fought for yeah, this. Yeah. So, uh, look, the other thing is we're on the right side of this deal. So we've been doing a lot of um, studies to understand what consumers want. And consumers still want ICE vehicles. They still want to be able to uh, customize. They still want to be able to modify. They still want to be able to have their individual vehicles and go where they want to go. And uh, the politicians are starting to stay, uh, pay attention to this. So that's the other reason we did this economic study. Yeah. Because, you know, we've been for so long – Almost saying yes, sir. May I have another? Right. I mean, I mean, Lightning. You've worked with Carb. You know what it's like. You've oh, been yeah. playing nice yeah. because you're like, well, if I'm gonna, if I can placate them and be a partner right. with them, maybe they'll give me some concessions in the future. The problem yeah. is nobody ever gave you concessions. Yeah. They just want to steamroll and take everything away. So what the politicians understand is economics. Yeah. Right. When they understand, so when we did the study, we did it by state and then rolled it up to the. So now we can go to every one of these politicians and say. Look, you're either with us or, or, yeah. you're, or you're not. And this is the economic impact in your area. And these are the voters and these are the people and these are the jobs that you're affecting. And we're taking a seat at the table. And we've had some really, really good successes because of it. We're coming out swinging now. And we're, we're taking a stand and we're picking a lane. You know, we've got to come out and say, this is what it is and this is what we stand for. So, but you're the president of SEMA. You're there at the table in the seat. Yeah. What is that like? I mean, it, to take, you know, take me a, through. You it, got well, he's got a suits. captain's hat <laughs> and he's got this big wooden steering wheel. And, <laughs> you know, it's been, I've been, he yells at a horde, full ahead. Uh, and there's a know, guy it, about four decks below moves a lever. Uh-huh. I was, man, I think I flunked government politics, you know, all of that in high school. But it's been, it's been a fun ride. We, you know, we, we beefed up our DC team. We've got a great team in DC now. We, we literally put a few more million dollars in just to the team and the tools they needed and those sorts of things. Because we had to, we had to stand up. We had to swing back now, and we had to go after them. And that, and and we've always said, well, we're not gonna, you know, we'll do our work behind the scenes, and we're picking a lane. I don't think saying, you can do behind the scenes we, anymore. We can't. No. I, and I don't mean to to bring it up over and over again, but I feel like there's a lot of parity between the automotive industry and the firearms industry. Right. And then you've got somebody like NRA who is very vocal and very visible out there. And I think a lot of people, whether you like NRA or not, it's a different conversation. But they're there and they're fighting. At the consumer level, even though you know they're a lobbying organization, they feel like they have their back. Whereas I feel like SEMA is known, but SEMA is known more as a show. And I don't think the average car person might know what SEMA, the organization, does right. for them 
at the consumer level. And so I love these discussions with you because yeah, we could talk about the show, but the show is really just the marketing right. and the and the celebration of the industry. Well, I think the real that, work comes from what you guys are doing year round when you're not talking about the show and the things yeah. that are pushing that ball forward for us enthusiasts. And yeah, I don't think right. the average person sees they that. know they know the SEMA they know SEMA because they see the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube, all that right. stuff. And they don't the the politicking and helping small businesses grow into bit medium and large businesses that's not really sexy so that doesn't get shared on social media but that's really what you do 99 percent yeah, of the that's day that's what i say with right? us we do the other 360 days a year right yeah, we're doing right. you know you guys have been to the SEMA garage and we got SEMA data and we got all that but yeah this this thing with uh, walking in and talking to senators in congress it's kind of fun it's yeah. kind of neat can, uh, can i ask you are they receptive or are they just are they are they just like, these are the talking points and this is what I'm going to spew? Or do they actually listen to words that come out of Mike Spagnola's mouth? Yeah, they do. So it just depends. You know, some of them, like, I know we'll meet with them. We'll give our list to them. We'll talk about our talking points. I know when we walk out, the thing's going in the trash can. Mm. But there are others that for sure, I mean, I get emails back from them. I get phone calls from them. Are you surprised at how many of them might that you didn't know are actual automotive enthusiasts? And yeah. when you go and talk to them, they go, wait a minute, what? Yeah. I had no idea this was coming. Wait, my, I turned my own wrenches. I have a classic car. My grandpa, oh, my uncle, sure. and I did that. I mean, is, are you finding that personal connection? Where a- absolutely. Yeah. So, so SEMA this year, we've got over thirty politicians coming to the show, Whoa. legislators uh, that are going to show up. We've got you know some some pretty cool stuff happening. But I got to tell you, the, probably the funnest one was last summer, and you guys probably saw this, but I took Richard Petty with me to to D.C. Mm-hmm. and we went knocking on doors. <laughs> he was like Elvis. I mean, he showed up, <laughs> and these politicians you would know, big name guys that you see on yep. CNN and Fox and yep. whatever else, these guys were fumbling over themselves. I mean, they <laughs> they brought number forty three cars with them That's for them to awesome. sign. No kidding, yeah, yeah. we couldn't they walk fan, down the hall. They fanboyed out. Oh my, that wow. oh, was awesome. I love it. It was awesome. And You're like, hey, we'll trade you a signature of uh, Mr. Petty for a signature on this bill, right? <laughs> and, and you know, he's in his eighties, and he yeah. was n- number one. He got there. He he flew in. You know, he charges to go to places, right? I mean, he's, you know, he's obviously he gets paid to go places. Yeah. I call him. I said, we got these things we need to talk about. He said, send me some information. He called me back. He said, I'm in. I said, let me work with your, your staff and we'll pay you for whatever. He goes, Mike, I'm coming up for free. Yeah. And he came up, spent the day with us. It was so cool. We met with 12 different offices during the day. And at 530, he's like, what's next? That's awesome. And, and I'm like. That's a real car guy right there. Yeah, yeah. King, we're done. He's like, let me know when you want to come back. So he felt like I I owe this it's to his the legacy. next generation. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves, and, and you look at all these companies that have, because they've been forced into it, have made these rash decisions about, oh, we're only going to go EV. And all of a sudden, now you're hearing bips and bleeps from people like, oh, GM just approved the sixth generation small block development right. because it's not going away in trucks. And all of a sudden, that... Keeps those crate engine dreams alive. And there's some other stuff mm. that comes with it. Porsche, synthetic gasoline. And they're going, well, wait a minute. We can build synthetic gasoline and essentially recycle you know, carbon from the atmosphere yep. and go have fun. And then you've got people like Toyota who went, uh, hey, we're sticking with hybrids because yep. we really think hybrids are the future. I yep. honestly think, from my heart of hearts, reading the landscape on the OE level, those who go the hybrid route, are going to win the day. And I think... So Farley's come out now at Ford. Well, he went on that F-150 Lightning road trip on Route 66 right. and crossed the country and went, well, that was way harder than I thought. Yeah. And that but, was great for him to do. But and he's doing hybrid. It. He's mentioning yep. hybrid now. Mm, so they're talking yeah. hybrid. So I just got back from the F-150 launch for the 2024. 
their mix and hybrids is something like, uh, I think they said uh, 50, 10 or 15%. They want to double it going forward. Yep. Yep. And so kind of the cool thing with trucks and hybrids is you get you know that that torque down low, and you also get the exportable power, which allows you to do a campsite or plug your house in in a storm and have your vehicle run it. And I think they said on the uh, on the base um, pro power system, you could run with a full tank of gas for 84 hours or something like that and power whatever you want out of the back of it. So Ford started to embrace that too and realize, wow, you know, they separated their business. They've got traditional Ford and then they've got um, the EV side of the business because I think they realized that that one is sucking a lot of money and could be a risk to the other one. And so I'm looking at all this going, I love the technology. Yep. I like the innovation, but I also like companies that are now starting to come back and push back on that like 2035 mandate and say, well, wait a minute, our customers, they're not quite ready for this yet. And we're not ready to dismiss all those engineers that have that institutional knowledge of, of what we've been doing. Well, are well, they also, are they admitting that the infrastructure is not there? Because they don't all, talk all about it. Above. Yeah, all, all of the above. Well, even, even if you look at the battery needed, right, for an EV, you can build 10 hybrids for every one EV. We've said that, yeah. We've yeah. Said that on the show yeah. where I said, I'd rather take all of that rare earth minerals that could be coming from countries that, that we're not involved, that we're not allies with, and I'd rather have 10 plug-in hybrids that you can spread that around to everybody rather right. than a, the $100,000 vehicle. Now you have 10, 25 to $35,000 vehicles that can have that technology. That just seems like such a better win. And like with my wife's car, we drive around, we plug every night, we drive around EV. But you know what? We go to Colorado to visit our friends tomorrow. We'd have zero issues with taking that that vehicle on a road trip. Right. And I don't know if you've seen, you know, like the new Jeep, the EV, the, yep. the, the hybrid Jeep, yep. you know, starting January, 14 states, that's the only thing they're going to have on the lots. Well, and then that's bogus, too, because the way they did that was five companies made a deal with CARB. Right. And those five companies get to have their EV sales basically um, calculated from nationwide. And everyone who didn't sign that agreement only has their sales calculated from California plus the 14 or whatever. And so Stellantis has basically said, well, we're going to game the system, even though we don't have to do this till 26. And we're going to make sure that we're not selling anything ICE that has a hybrid, that has a hybrid. Only hybrids can be stocked. Now you can still get an ICE only vehicle, but you have to order order it. And then all the, all the uh, vehicles that are not in those 14, the California plus 13 or whatever it is, they're only stocking ICE vehicles, right. and they have to order the hybrids. And so it's dirty. And so if Ugh. you're Jeep, though, but how you know you go, somebody goes in and says, "Well, I don't, I don't want it." Well, you can order it in six to eight weeks. We'll be here. Ford, because they signed that agreement and told Carb, "Oh, well, we promised to play better." They can have ICE only Broncos. Yeah. So it's it's really disrupting the playing field because the consumer's not going to understand the nuance that's going on behind the scenes. They're only going to know that this manufacturer doesn't offer the vehicle that I want anymore. And, you know, there's so much more to all this. I mean, we went and uh, read the new regs that are coming out. And, for example, uh, it used to be, I call it cradle to grave, but, you know, the, the footprint of manufacturing the vehicle. Yep, to all the way to recycling. The, uh, and all the way to recycling. On the uh, EVs, they've now taken out the manufacturing carbon footprint, and they've taken out the recycling. What? Yeah. So, so it's it makes only, it look better. So it makes it look better. Yeah. And who's raising the red flag and saying you can't? You we can't. are. That, as I say, SEMA, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, we are. Can I, can I loop back? That's amazing. I didn't know that. I want to loop back to something that Holman said a few minutes ago when he drew the analogy between the NRA and SEMA. So this is a great example. I don't own a, I don't own a firearm, 
but I'm aware of the Either NRA. None. <laughs> so I don't. I, I want to, just haven't got around to it. I'm probably going to need one here soon. Uh, I could, Do you want to borrow? I might borrow okay. one, yes. Oh, yeah, I don't have any. Sorry. You know what's crazy? All my friends. I think I'm the only one of my friends that doesn't. Anyway, so so the NRA, though, I feel like the NRA represents my my what I stand for, most of what I know about the NRA. But the consumer doesn't have that on the automotive side. Now, SEMA, Specialty Equipment Market Association, represents... The industry. Me at banks, mm-hmm. right? You as a, as media, mm-hmm. all the things around the aftermarket and automotive and, and OE to, to an extent, they, they, right. they lean on you for some stuff, right. but there's no one out there defending the guy racing his car, right? Who take, who, who is doing a, a, a case swap, whatever, yeah, the grassroots or guy. the grassroots guy, whatever. There's literally no one. And EPA is just whack-a-mole and boom, boom, nothing about the EPA right now, but um, it's like, well, I will say that a lot of that is that justice is delivered unevenly. Right. So people don't... I think the problem with that, government alphabet agencies aside, the problem with that is when it's not consistent, you don't know how to act and you don't know what's going to run afoul of what. And that consistency of how things are enforced has been awful for the past five to 10 years. But I guess I, what I want to say on, Mike, is that the consumer doesn't have anyone looking out for them. They just have to watch it on CNN or Fox. They just have to be like, oh, I guess there's a new law with this or that regulation or whatever. And they don't get a chance to vote on stuff. It just happens because if they live in California, guess what? The law that tells you you got to do something in your car is going to get passed. And if you're in New York, it's going to get passed. Or or they feel like they don't have any recourse or they don't have anybody fighting for them. So with SEMA going forward, is there going to be a consumer component to what you guys are doing? Because that hasn't been the case in the past, but I think there's opportunity there yep. for you to, to... Yeah, so it's in a couple areas. You know, okay. we're uh, we're doing this individual membership thing where you can join now as a consumer and be a, a SEMA individual member. Uh, it's $40 a year, and you'll get a lot of information along these lines. But then we want to be able to contact you when a rule or a potential law is coming up in your area. Uh, so we've got to be able to ignite and initiate those sort of conversations with consumers because we're going to all have to band together yep. kind of like the nra we're going to have to all band together but you know some of these guys are listening uh governor yokum in virginia right now uh you know there's 17 states that have taken on california's yeah. deal yokum is running for governor he's we saw the commercial he's standing up and saying uh, you know the i'll just say it he's republican the democrats yeah signed on to be the california deal elect me and i'm going to repeal it yeah we're 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 not going to do. That's you know, I think. I think thing. the thing about uh, Glenn Youngkin is he has proven himself to be a common sense person, and I think whether you're right or you're left, I think most people today just want to see a common sense approach, and they don't right. want to see the things they love attacked over and over again until there's nothing left to beat of the horse. And it's like you get that. You know, there's there's going to be regulation and you get that you know we all want to leave you know live in a place with clean air and right. all that kind of stuff it's just like the off-road side of it i would argue that most off-roaders especially the ones that i know are conservationists yep. and the conservationists want to make the off-roader out to be this horrible person tearing up the world but the reality is is those people are trying to close down more and more areas and then they force you into more people into smaller areas which means more impact rather than having everybody spread out when I'm off-road, I'm picking up trash, I'm picking up Mylar balloons, I'm picking up, um, you know, all sorts of stuff off the side of the road. 
we don't go off the trails. We stay where we're supposed to, right. but yet we're still the bad guys. When we can see some of these people like, oh, well, we we can go in the wilderness area because we're with such and such organization. Like, no, those laws apply to you. You close that off for you, too. You can't be there. No, you guys know. I mean, we, you know, we have the SEMA garages and we do all the emission studies and we work with the EPA. And I've got 21 people that just work on emissions compliance right now, right, in at SEMA. But, um, we, you know, we've and look, we're for clean air. Yeah, we've done studies now, and SAE just did a study where it says that if we deploy all these different technologies, if we look at hydrogen, if we look at synthetic fuels, if we look at all these different fuels that are available, and EV, we actually get to cleaner air sooner than if we wait for EV to take over. Interesting. But some of these other areas are not getting the chance they need to. Now, like you said, Porsche just put $100 million into the synthetic yeah. fuel deal, right? And so, How can people ignore that? Like if, if I, as a journalist, if I'm on CNN, how do I ignore that story? That to me, that's, it's going to be biased to ignore it. Right. Why can't they say Porsche, one of the most revered uh, enthusiast story brands in the world ever, in history, right? ever is doing this thing. They've invested. Yeah. I'm that's just saying true. that they could have taken that money and given it out to executives and all that stuff, right? They didn't. They, they reinvested because they believe in it, Right. And how, how does that get ignored? How does it you get know, glossed over? I got to tell you, I think the pendulum's swinging. You know, I, this is my favorite podcast. You guys are my favorite, right? But <laughs> I've done literally 15 interviews in the last three weeks on this sort of stuff. And it, it people are waking up to it. Love they're, it. They're waking up to the fact that, um, you know, they want to talk about the UAW strike and, of course, yes. and all that. But in all of that, they then want to talk about EV and then they want to talk about alternative fuels and those sorts of things. It's coming around. I'm telling you. You guys have all seen this in several things. The pendulum swings one way, yeah. and then it kind of comes back to the other. I'm telling you, we're on the right side of this deal, and people are waking up to it. What worries me is, and I always like to joke that you'll never take the steering wheel out of my hand. My dad and I just went to Utah to go watch the eclipse. We took 392. Nice. Is that we, what, yeah? Yeah, we drove yeah. 11 hours, camped two nights, and drove 11 hours home. To wear paper sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw it. We saw it. It was, it was 89%. Uh, By the way, I saw it from my front, awesome. from my front yard with yeah, paper sunglasses. It was sunglasses. only 78%. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but we drove, and it's the love of the road trip. Me and my dad in the Jeep, singing along, music, talking about guy things, talking about whatever, grunting, mm-hmm. crappy fast food, you know, all the things. And packed up, and... There's so many vehicles you couldn't do that to. We couldn't have a road trip and, and make it there in a day. We would have right. to take a couple days to get there. It would change the experience. America is such a vast country. Anybody who's flown over it or traveled by air understands. Anybody who's driven across the country, like I have 10, 20 times, uh, and I always try and take a different route, the southern route, the northern route, go you know different states, because I always want to see how different it is. There are such vast dis- uh, distances before between cities. I think there's so many people today that think about, oh, I'm commuting inside the city center. They don't understand how many people are commuting across great distances. Or think about the rodeo guy who's taking his prized horses right. a thousand miles. Think about the outside sales guy who his whole life is driving around, signing up new customers in different cities. Think about people in RVs who have retired and want to go see the best of what this country has to offer. You're taking those experiences out of these people's hands, and they've never done anything wrong. Like, why are you ruining their lives? Right. And you said it earlier. There's different vehicles for different purposes, right? I mean, people ask me all the time, what's my favorite car? For what purpose? Yeah. Right? 
I love my truck for doing truck stuff, right? I love my sports car for flying around corners. I Although love... I love my truck for doing sports car stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it just depends on what you're using it for, yeah. right? And uh, and so uh, all those choices are going to work, but give us choice. Yeah. I don't, just feel like you're, you're pulling freedom away yeah. from people. One of the greatest things about this country is the freedom of movement. And if you overlay the United States over Europe, it's about the same size, roughly. And... You think of how densely populated a lot of Europe is, how close borders are between countries, how little time you can spend on the road and be through multiple countries right. in a day. It's not like that in the United States. You travel across for three days and you've gone through maybe there's some you're days. In Texas. You're yeah. in Texas the whole time, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and I think that at the very core for me, car culture is the very essence of American freedom, liberty, freedom of movement the freedom of expression. It's all those things. You think of all these things that that America should stand for. You get all of that in car culture. And I hate the idea that somebody wants to take away my ability to be free. All right. Well, just look at the differences. I mean, look at when you go to the SEMA show, pick up any magazine, right? Lowrider. There's I like OVR, by the yeah, way. Yeah, OVR. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That. I mean, that's look at OVRmag.com. Shameless plug. Yeah. O- Overlandings <laughs> come from, from five years ago. There was nowhere, right? Now it's the thing, right? right. So, so you look at all the different ways people want to modify and enjoy their vehicles and be different and be unique. You can still do it with an EV. I mean, I'm yeah. not, you know, you take, a, take the new Lightning. You can still yeah. put all the truck stuff on sure. it, right? Um, you can still take a Tesla and put wheels on it. Yep. You know, all those sorts of I things. I have a question. Let's go back to that emailer or the call. I, th- I guess it was a five-star hotline call that we got a couple of weeks ago, Holman, mm-hmm. where a guy raised a question. He says, in 20, 30 years, will there be enthusiasts, be, uh, car enthusiasts, truck enthusiasts? Because this caller felt that the vehicles were getting so homogenized and boring that the cars themselves, the trucks themselves, would just slowly lose personality. Lose personality to the point where there is no more enthusiasm. And I it's said, it's a matter of soul. I think. Right. I said because my first couple cars were Honda Accords and they were incredibly boring daily drivers. And I lowered them, put wheels and tires, did the whole thing, and I made them cool. And I so I said, I think you can I think there will always be car yeah. culture, even if it is electric or hybrid or whatever. I mean, hell, I have friends that mod bicycles. So anything sure. can be modded and made your own. What is your feeling? Yeah, so it's you know, I read this article that said, does the aftermarket have five more years? And it talked about government intervention. It talked about the technology on vehicles and you know how much more complicated it would get to work on a vehicle. Talked about the next generation. Would they be interested in vehicles and it's taking longer for kids to drive cars and they don't have the interest we did and all those sorts of things? That article was from 1975. <laughs> no <laughs> wow. way. Yeah. Yep. And here we are, right? Here, here we so are. I'm with you. I, I think that people will continue to want to be different, that are going to want to individualize, that are going to want to look different, feel different, see different. I mean, look at tennis shoes. Growing up, I had, you know, you had two pairs of tennis shoes, right? And one was black and one was white. And now right. today... You know, people want to be different. They want to have uniqueness. They're willing to pay for it. They want to customize. They, you know, again, freedom of expression. You know, that's why we're a three hundred fifty-three billion dollar industry. By the way, uh, to put that in perspective, a typical new NFL stadium is a little bit over a billion dollars. It's kind of the going rate. Some will be more, some will be less. Figure a a major sports arena is around a billion dollars. That's three hundred and fifty. That that is enough money to build a new stadium for every soccer team, every basketball team, every football team, every major league baseball team, 
and then the training grounds and probably all the hotels that go around with it. I mean, just think of like how much money that is. That's how much people are, so, are so love like this. A couple more fun stats, but at least for me, they are. <laughs> you guys may not feel the same, but you know, we are twice the number of people in the aircraft industry. Uh, there's more people in our industry than there are in the entire motion picture and video production. Well, that's industry. interesting. God, and everyone talked about the strike as <laughs> if the world was on fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not going to. Stranger Things is going to be delayed for six months. This is the worst thing ever. It was so awful listening to that. And having worked in Hollywood for 20, just shy of 26 years, yeah. it's disgusting. <laughs> the <laughs> self righteousness of these fks. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it was freaking awful. There's a yeah. lot of them. So there are, you know, extras aren't paid that much. Yeah. But the writers, do you understand the, at, at the writers start at over six figures? Start. Wow. You can be 21, 22 coming out of college. You get a writer gig, you're making it more you're than an attorney. Wow. Yeah. It's so we're bigger preposterous. Than, bigger than the beverage industry. We're bigger than the candy industry. We're bigger than the wine industry. And we're nearly as big as the beer industry. And Holman, if you would quit drinking so much beer, we'd be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> got to start funneling that into, uh, into auto parts. Oh, I got, I've got beer in the fridge. Yes, he does. Uh, we also have whiskey here mm-hmm. as well. I see that. So. I see. <laughs> you got to pour him a shot. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, does he want chicken cock? So, yeah. One of my favorites, by the way. <laughs> Mike, when you tell these stats, I'm going back to the Washington thing, because that's yep. really our issue with so much of this stuff, whether it's clean air or it's or it's or it's electric versus ice that whole thing it just doesn't feel like they're educated they're they're too many of them aren't car people they don't you understand. mean educated on the issues uh, yes thank you <laughs> yeah oh of course there is yeah. no i know but I, I i don't want you to accidentally offensive or thank alienate you. no i appreciate right. the correction for sure educated on this issue right yep. they don't understand because when you say the aftermarket they're literally just thinking some wheels and tires and springs they're not, they have no concept for every, every car they drive past on the turnpike right back east has tinted windows. Right. That tint is the aftermarket. Oh, it's funny you should say that because there's a lot of F-150s out there that are modified as well. Not as many as you think. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you think about even, even uh, with tint, by the way, <laughs> tires and wheels, right? And, and maybe it's not for custom look or whatever else, but it's for better towing or it's for... Yeah. It's for farming or it's for bad you, weather. You know, all of those sorts of things. That's Muddy still field. That's market products, right? It's, yeah. it's all the, it's, it's the lumber racks. It's Snow all plows. Stuff. Right. All of that sort of stuff. That's why the OEs are interested in as well, right? I mean. Well, look they, at, look at, uh, this is one of the things that we'll talk about on the panel in moderating. What's left on the table? The OEs are, I mean, this is probably a great topic outside of regulation is the OEs are realizing, hey, so I don't know if you saw it out out front, I've got a Chevy uh, ZR2 AV Bison Edition. Is that yours? Yep. And that vehicle How has- How long do you have that, by the way? A week. And that vehicle is a 6.2 truck, which is awesome. And that truck has upgraded suspension, full skid plates, front and rear bumper, front bumpers winch uh, ready. It's got uh, wheels. It's got uh, tires that are upgraded from factory. Right. And you're looking at that. It's got a full leather interior. It's got a giant, you know, what, 13-inch dis- uh, display on it. And it could be really easy for somebody to go, why do I need the aftermarket? Look what I got fully warrantied here under our, our Mr. GM. And it's pretty crazy. Now, it's co-branded with a great aftermarket company. Right. So it's, it's not like it's eschewing the aftermarket totally. There's, a, there's a, a brand you know collab going on there. But 
What do you guys think of that from SEMA? Well, okay, so I agree with you, but look at the Raptor, right? Yeah. Look how many Raptors still get modified. I, I can't yeah. believe a guy goes we, out. We laugh buys, about that. That amazing suspension guy strip it right the off. Yeah. 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 I don't need that jump. <laughs> buys an $85,000 Raptor yeah. and then loads it with all 50 sorts of grand worth. Yeah, we got yeah. Camberg right down the street here, yeah. so you know they're, they're doing awesome. that all the time. So they're building. They're working with us on this Bronco we're building. Awesome. But yeah, good product. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about your Bronco in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also going to be the guy that's buying the stock truck and wants to modify it over time. And right? he still it's, and he still needs to go f- to find the people cuz listen, vehicles are expensive. There's no getting around that. Uh, there's an article I read today about how expensive Jeeps have gotten in comparison to the rest and that the customer that used to be their core can't afford the new Jeeps. Right. And so they were saying they were down 30% sales or something like that. And that part of that, you know, the an, uh, analyst was saying it's because they're out they're pricing themselves out of that market. But there's a lot of people who can't afford the high-end model, but they can get there over time by buying the base vehicle and shopping the aftermarket to kind of grow it as their you know pocketbook allows. And we know that the OE has to build a vehicle in the middle, right? Yeah. They, you know, they can't, they're not putting the louder exhaust because not everybody wants the loud exhaust. They're yeah. not going to put the intake because not everybody wants the sound of the intake. They're not going to put the harder suspension because not, so they got to build in the middle. Yeah. And there's going to be people that want to build to the higher end. There's op- opportunity at the, at, at the at bookends. The, at bookends, yeah, for sure. And that's that's where we live. That's the $353 billion a year yeah. Yeah. To, the, to the U.S. economy. And, and I, would, I would venture to guess that the OE, obviously, is every bit as valuable as the aftermarket because without them, you wouldn't have new cars for people to right. modify. So there has to be some level of acceptance where you are looking at it going – this is actually good that they're at SEMA. This is good that they're building concept vehicles with our aftermarket partners because they're showing their customers who we are as modifiers right? and, they, and what's possible on that platform. They know that we help them sell more vehicles. Oh, absolutely. So, so they know when that Jeep shows up on the cover of your mm-hmm. magazine and it's modified, people are going to go, I want that Jeep. Yep. And they, that's what they go buy. They, look, we, you guys know we built this new SEMA garage in Detroit. The OEs are there weekly, weekly working, you know, kind of skunk works with us. I mean, they're there right now. We're doing some ADOS work with one of the OEs right now. Where so ADOS, for those of you who don't know, is the next set of regulations for autonomous driving and I guess it would be collision avoidance right. and things like that. Link change, departure warning, all of that self-breaking, stuff. all that stuff. The, the thing, you'll hear ADOS, you've heard it on the show. I've talked about it. The problem with ADOS is you are looking at technology that is going to push the lower level of engineering acumen in the industry out because it's so complex to integrate radar sensors, parking sensors, and sonar sensors, and all that stuff. And on top of it, have a metal bumper that can withstand or meet the the um, collision for pedestrians and all the things that go with it and lifted vehicles. You've got the camera and the windshield, and that has to be calibrated, and the manufacturer has to decide wh- how much room am I mm-hmm. going to give the aftermarket to calibrate it so that the vehicle has the right... Uh, right. All of this is coming. So what I'm saying is the guy that's in his garage just doing like press brake bumpers and flat welding sheets together probably isn't going to be a major business for new vehicles going forward because... The amount of technology that goes into making an ADOS compliant, just let's just talk about bumpers, nothing right. else, right. is an incredibly engineering intensive feat. I'll say this because I just got back from two drives. One was with Chevy and one was with GMC with their AEV products and talked to Dave Harrington over at AEV, who's the yeah. founder. And he walked me through 
what they had to do to make those steel aftermarket bumpers compliant. And then not only compliant, AEV is doing something completely different. Those vehicles that get the AEV edition on the GMCs or the Bisons on the Chevy don't leave the factory to an upfitter. All of that is right. done in line on the factory floor now. Oh, really? And they have dunnage carts, and these dunnage carts carry six or eight bumpers, and they show up just in time manufacturing, right. and they get sequenced in the line. So not only does that have to meet the durability, not only does that have to meet the uh, the customer expectations of uh, of performance or winch capability, but now you have to, you're talking about crash. You're talking about the ergonomics of somebody pulling it off the dunnage and bolting it to the frame. It is incredible. So the guy just welding some stuff in his garage isn't putting a bumper on a you know, 20, 30 Chevy truck. It ain't happening. Sorry to tell you guys. There is some complex stuff coming your way. And what you guys are doing at SEMA Garage to enable and teach companies how to do it the right way is like an unsung song right now. So, so we, we dog into this. We, we've got this ADOS center now at SEMA Garage in Detroit. And the qualifications, like we had to tear the cement out. Eight, eight inches deep of cement in this warehouse. We had to be within one degree in the pour, 5,000 square feet. We had to have a certain color of walls. We had to have a certain color lighting. We had to buy all this equipment. We bought the OE equipment. And we are we're doing both static and dynamic testing. So the dynamic testing you guys have seen where the truck runs down the road and then this balloon person comes out <laughs> yeah. and it hits it or it doesn't uh -huh. hit it. Really? Yep. So, so we do that. So, we've, so we took the new Chevy truck yep. and we tested it stock in both dynamic and static testing did all those test stock, then we did a leveling kit, then we did a three inch kit, and we did a six inch kit. And that white paper will be out at the SEMA show. That's and, gonna be an amazing uh, piece and, of information. We spent over $100,000 just on that one truck, just on testing. Oh my God. So that we can work with our manufacturers to say, these are the things you're gonna have to do. Yeah. It's not illegal yet, but it's coming. But it's coming. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and once uh, NHTSA comes up with the rules and their standards, we're actually looking forward to standards so we can... Well, you know what you have to solve for. We can solve for, right? Yeah. Right right now, you could take a Dodge truck, a Ford truck, a Chevy truck, and they're all going to stop at different rates. Yeah. And we're looking for a standard so we know we, we've we got to have a target that we can aim to. Mm -hmm. But um, So on my truck, on the TRX, it came with 35s, yeah. and I put it up on 37s. And someone had warned me, oh, if you if you go into the computer with it, we've got a, uh, a taser, home and I use tasers. Taser changes a lot of stuff in the yeah. truck, not those kind of tasers. We, we tase each other when we get out of line in the studio. <laughs> anyway, so, but they warned me, they said, if you turn off, if you recalibrate for 37s, which you can do, you, it'll, it'll accept it in the truck's computer and recalibrate the speedo and all that, you turn off all the proximity sensing. It Sure enough, it does. Wow. Which is and weird so, because on the Jeep, it doesn't. Well, for whatever but, reason, but on the Rams, the on that platform, or something like yeah. right. So what you're doing is you're throwing off the angle that it sees the car in front and back, et cetera, whatever. But like that at some point will probably be legislated to be illegal. So as soon as that, and what will happen is you put your truck up on 37s, the, that, that proximity sensing will deactivate. It will go over, you know, uh, cellular to- Over the air update. Over the air update to Stellantis. I'll get a notice that says you're no longer in compliance. And then you either get a letter, you get a knock on the door or got, or your tr next right. traffic light ticket, you know, you get a, a, an added bonus of some other fee because you, you're not compliant or some BS. Like that's going to happen unless we all bandy together. This is why we got to have right to modify. Yeah. So you know that there's right to repair right now and we're working on right to modify because we have to be able to get in those sensors. We hired, you know, one of our engineers now at the garage in Detroit came from Bosch. He worked on all the ADOS systems in mm -hmm. Bosch. We're hiring those kinds of guys and doing that kind of work 
And I got to tell you, the OEs are listening. And we have a couple of OEs that have actually come to us and said, we want to know what happens when the truck gets lifted. Oh, that's great. So we're working alongside of them so that we can find ways. They know, really, they do still know that people are going to want to buy vehicles that have got modifications. Any OE company should know that if you don't have a robust aftermarket, you will not sell, especially the truck market. Right. Look at everything that doesn't have a robust aftermarket. Those are all the trucks that are going away yep. or aren't here anymore. Yep. And there's a whole slew of them. The other thing I'll say, two things. You mentioned right to repair. So right to repair, especially in agricultural equipment, which I think has kind of been the tip of the spear for right to repair legislation in the United States. So a lot of you guys listening in the Midwest who have your combines and you got your John Deere and there's all that stuff where the, they came out and said, oh, no, no, you have to have our techs go out. And so now all of the 80s equipment is super expensive because you don't have to hook it up to a proprietary laptop with a cellular connection back to the mothership because you guys bought your vehicle and in some in the services agreement or the software license, it said, oh, no, only our guys can fix it. Right. And so now right to repair is legislation that's going through to say, no, 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 those tools need to be made available in the aftermarket so that a farmer can do his own oil change if he wants to. And there could then there can be small businesses around repair like there always has been. So just put that out there, what right to repair is. The reason I explain that is because when I ask you about right to modify, is that right to repair argument setting up precedence for right to modify? Exactly. Yeah, that's mm. where we're going. Okay. Because, again, we still have the right to modify, right? We should be able to get in. We should be able to – look, we're not trying to – And this, by the way, has nothing to do with a warranty. I don't want to conf- – right. Because I don't want to conflate those because there are guys like, I should be able to modify my truck and still get it paid for under warranty. Now, that's different. Right. That's different. If you're outside of those boundaries, the the, the the manufacturer shouldn't have to pay for some dumb bumpers you put on and threw off, you know, something like that, right? This is, you're taking on the responsibility, right, Look, uh, of modifying. You may not even be able to put 33s or 35s when that's how bad it could get. Forget about the 37s. Look at Australia. Yeah. There's other countries where you're limited on tire size and, right. and height. Right. And I think what you were, you know, in the process of saying was, that we're not asking for this really, you know, twelve inch lifts are done. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not doing anything. These things that are so wildly outside of like, again, common sense parameters. You kind of feel like with the safety coming out and things like there's certain things. Unfortunately, are on the fringe. Those are probably going to fall off and get sacrificed for the greater good of all of us to be able to do the yeah. things we want to yeah. do. I mean, you get into a twelve inch lift. Now you're talking about bumper height. Yeah. I had light height. Yeah, you're light height. You're yeah. looking at all those sorts of things. So, oh, pedestrian my standards. Bu- my buddy Brian's going to have a rough time. Yeah, he runs. A, he he doesn't do anything shorter than like a ten inch lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bulletproof. Oof. Brian, we'll have to get you on the show. To <laughs> but, <laughs> Break the news to but, him. You know, it's going to make the price of older trucks go up, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So without this technology, so all you guys in Florida start putting those things in barns so, down there. So you think these this will be? They're going to try it federally or we'll go state by state. And I say that because you can still, I mean, Florida is going to be the holdout, right? They're going to be like, no, we love our lifted trucks. Right. Yeah. It, when this ADOS stuff all really, I mean, it's already here. Yeah, right? it's here. It's, um, and um, self-braking, I think, is mandatory next year. So it's coming. Yeah, just, just like you look at the rear reverse cameras that are now standard, yeah. right? It's this technology that is starting to get prolific. The prices have come come down on it. And, they're, you know, NHTSA will tell you our goal is zero deaths. Right. And so they're going to keep legislating and regulating as much technology in the base vehicle as possible because they want to get down to zero traffic fatalities a year. And they when they say that, they mean both on the pedestrian side and on the vehicle side. 
that's just the, the starting point. There's a lot more stuff on the horizon that's going to be, and again, going back to making these vehicles a lot more complicated than they used to be. Right. right. I don't buy, though, that the OEs want to help that much. Like, I, I don't know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like they definitely don't want you in the ECM. They're doing everything they can to keep you out of the ECM some are. for tuning your vehicle. Some are. There's... There's some people that and some are playing it looser than others, uh, yeah, but I think ultimately, if you you know look at GM, look at Ford, you know after 21, all the F, F series trucks are really hard to get into. They've they've taken a stance. Now it's not impossible, but you know your guys are taking the ECM out. They're opening it. They're physically rewiring. It's not just plug it into the OBD port and flash it. You have to. Open the ECM with a hot plate and 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 solder new circuitry on yeah. there, right? And do jumpers and stuff, and then you can get around their encryption and such. But talk to me about this in your heart of heart. Do you believe that the OEs? What side are they on? Are they on the side of, of or, or what are they open or? to allowing? Yeah, I think you know. Look again, they've been in the garage. We're having these conversations. I think they're open to it. I think that at, again, at the end of the day, they need to, and especially in the truck market, especially in the Bronco Jeep market, yeah. you know, they want to. They want to see these things still be modified, right? Yeah. I mean, when before the Bronco came out, they worked alongside every SEMA manufacturer to make sure that that thing could be modified. Well, I was on an industry panel for right. five years. Yeah, with you were. Them, yeah, you know, and yeah, that was amazing. So they, they get it. They recognize that that's and their accessory business. You look at the Bronco and Jeep, just the genuine accessories from either Mopar or Ford Performance, and then I just got back from that 2024 F150. A launch or media preview, and they showed us the new modular bumper that is shared between the Raptor and the Tremor. Right, right. It's a steel bumper that has different wings on it, depending on the model. So you look at a Tremor, and then they have an aftermarket winch and light bar package that bolts to their modular bumper that's fully crash tested and all those things, which I'm sure you know you smile at because I'm sure they're in the garage <laughs> yep. working on that stuff with you. But the, the thing that's amazing is they realize there's billions of dollars left on the table to their own business by not supporting the aftermarket because they're playing in the same sandbox. They're right. going, we want those dollars back. We have an entire business organization that is partnering with the aftermarket to bring these products to our catalog that our dealers can install, that there's some sort of guarantee that it's co of compatibility with the base vehicle. And we're going to start reaping those rewards too. So I think the lighting's point for me, it is the ECU, the electronics, the things that run afoul of Emissions or safety or safety, safety yeah. will probably be the things that are off limits or have the key to the room. You may have the ECU and they may say, you don't get the whole house, but right. we'll, we'll open up this right. door over here right. and let yeah. you modify some parameters. Yeah, we've seen that with like with Whipple. With Whipple right? and yeah. Ford yeah. on so their stuff, right? Like, look, yeah. look, three years ago, they were, when the C8 first came out, there yeah. was like, there is no way to tune in supercharger. crack this yeah. computer. You will yeah. ever get, you're never yeah. going to be able to put a supercharger. Yeah. yeah. Two years later, we've got supercharges on the yeah. cars, right? So when there's a will, there's a way. But I, I, but I think outside of safety and emissions, I think manufacturers are hungry to be a part of the aftermarket because there isn't one OE out there that doesn't have a genuine accessories part line. Right. I will say this about, about the aftermarket, and we see it at banks, and I'm sure a lot of companies do, all the tuners. You know, turning the P-Pup pump, you know, in a 5.9 in a Cummins and, and making more power – is so different than what you have to do today to make power. You have to be on the CAN bus. Right. You have to again, if you want to put your to lift a truck in ten years, you're gonna know. You're gonna need to know CAN. You're gonna need to know. You're gonna have to be a programmer, quite literally, right. or someone on your staff. 
you know, and your lift kit company will have to be a programmer and you have to sell a module that goes along with it or work with the OE that, you know, you go to your local Jeep dealer and he says, all right, we put a four inch kit on it and he goes into the software and, and programs it. But that's, am I not? That's, that's the future, exactly. right? But, you know, it's also making manufacturers build better product, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, I can remember when very few people were using CAD. You know, we had a ferro arm. We were scanning yeah. parts. And, and manufacturers are coming around and going, ooh, wow, what's that, right? Yeah. What's that 3D printer, right? Well, now they're and, doing concept and, con- and rapid prototyping with 3D printing. Oh, all of that. Uh, right? I, I was talking to some of the GM guys, and they were talking about some of the products that they were making for TestFit, that they were, they've were they got a materials science lab at GM, and they make all the one-off like concept cars and stuff. And if you have a program and you want a part, I think this was in regards to maybe a snorkel or something like that, and they said, here's the data – can you punch out this part for us so we can start working with it? It's it's fascinating because 3D printing wasn't really a thing 10 or 15 years ago at the right. OE. And now they're 3D printing metal. Yeah. I mean, it's just sure. unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. So all these manufacturers are getting better at quality. And that, you know, and we're hoping, you know, we're shouldering that along, right? We're we're doing test work now in so many products, in so much in CAD, yeah. and so much in simulation. And these manufacturers are stepping up for it. Well, yeah. it and also makes for better aftermarket products. That's because, what I'm saying, yeah. Because the guys out there who are just fabbing stuff up roughly, you can't do that because the body lines are so tight, right? right? You have to have, you can't have a piece hanging off the frame that's going to be jiggly and cause damage to a body the, panel The days or of tubular bumpers, you know, uh, MIG welded together and all that, just like where the guy's fitting it up with cardboard templates, that's, some, that's going to yeah, end. For modern, for modern vehicles. Right, right, right. We, have the, we have the 24 Ranger in, in the garage now. Uh-huh. And we, you know, we do these measuring sessions mm-hmm. where we have manufacturers come in and, and work with us. I'm telling you, 10 years ago, when we started the garage, we had one of the only ferro arm scanners around. There isn't a manufacturer that shows up at the garage now without one. Sure. That's doing their own scanning, getting their own data, um, fitting their own part. I mean, you can literally now, it, we'll have that truck for a week. People will come in on Monday. They'll do their measurements. And on Friday, they got a pr- prototype they're putting on the car. That's amazing. And, and, it, and it fits. So I'm curious, you, you talk about the measuring session. So for folks who don't know who are listening, SEMA offers what's called measuring sessions, and that's when the company provides some CAD data. Sometimes they'll do early CAD and say, hey, here's some early CAD. Come in on these dates. SEMA will have it open to members. You can come in and measure. And they kind of <coughs> Waiting get, for the Tacoma. <coughs> and they kinda, Waiting well, for the Tacoma. Well, this, might, this, might, this might help you. Three weeks. So there <gasps> Really? You go. So my question is, some manufacturers seem really open about sharing their CAD data and also measuring sessions. Others yep. are, they want to they own the accessory line up front. So they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to launch with 500 accessories that you have to buy from us, and we'll be three months ahead of everybody else. So that's there's that balance there. How do you choose what vehicles get a measuring session, or does the manufacturer offer you up a vehicle, or do you give them a list of this is what the industry is clamoring for? Because I'm kind of curious if, if it's curated or if it's sort of you get what you get, and then yeah. everybody sort of flies over to uh, it, cover. It's a bit of both, right? Okay. So we definitely work with the OEs and say, hey, look, we want the new Tacoma. We want the new tundra we want the new ranger you know and we work with them along that sometimes they'll give us something we're going to be like yeah that really doesn't you know yeah doesn't have the bones like you know that to, to do aftermarket yeah. product and sometimes we placate them a little bit you know quite <laughs> honestly and we'll get get some great mud flaps out of that one yeah you know i mean you know we had aston martin in and 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 you know we had seven or eight manufacturers show up 
to build products for the Aston Martin. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like skirt, and, skirts and yeah, wings and, and, and such? And even, and even in engine mods and, oh, and wow. you know, f- floor mats, any of it, you right? You just never know. Yeah. And it's um, um, and it was cool to see it there anyway, you know. So, you know, it's we've got over 3,000 manufacturers we work with. So it just depends on the vehicle and the product. Sure. Obviously, the truck market, huge. You know, we had the, the 24 Mustang in, you know, months back. We had the Bronco six months before the thing came out. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about your Bronco. So you are building a fully custom Bronco. Do I have this right? That Imagine Dragons will use it to generate funds for their charity? Yeah. So uh, we are working along Galpin Ford. In, um, oh, Bo Bachman. Yeah, Bachman. He's my buddy. And, yeah. Love Bo. Yeah. And, uh, and we are building a 23 Ford Bronco uh, for the Imagine Dragons that we will unveil at SEMA Fest for the Imagine Dragons. And it's going to be a cool, you know. You know, if you're looking for a media outlet, yeah, I know yeah. a guy. So we're literally building this car in 17 days. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, Camberg suspension, Belstein's, uh, it's going to be cool. Awesome. And, Where are you uh, going to get a rooftop tent, though? I can't imagine. Where, who you would reach <laughs> some, out some to? Some company called Recon. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, he's your son. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Is he? Huh. Huh. He's, all, he's also my employer. He's one of my clients, too. So it's all, it's all good. So, so yeah. We're oh, that's reconrecovery.com. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's some good stuff, by the way. Yeah. Good. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be... Uh, yeah, and we'll unveil it at um, at SEMA Fest for the Imagine Dragons. And then does it go on tour with them for an X amount of time? Yeah. And then so we're working through all that okay. right now. But the goal was, um, and it was part of the obviously it was part of the gig to get them to come, mm-hmm. and then um, that vehicle be auctioned off for their children's cancer charity. Oh, that's awesome! As you guys know, we tend to build one or two charity cars every yep. year. We work with Bear Jackson or some yeah. of the other guys, sure. And uh, just part of us giving back to the industry. In, and by uh, the way, I've met Dan four or five times, lead singer. Yeah. Such an awesome dude. Yeah. Awesome. Like t- to the core. Yeah. yeah. So cool. And his brother's genuine. His brother's his agent. In, uh, the yes. Agent. Yeah. But they're 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 legit. They yeah. are so far I, from Hollywood. I have built through the magazine giveaway cars for concerts with an artist before yeah. a few times. And I cannot tell you how many times we did not have any input or ever talk to that particular person. And it was an agency. It was a group of people on a phone call. They decided what it was. And the artist never even knew. They just had a truck on stage or at the entrance of their concert, right? This is not that. No, we shared concept drawings. We shared color. We shared all the different things. And it's always cool. You know, we've had the chance to do that, you know, several times over the years. And it's cool when you get to work directly with the you know, with the whoever the celebrity is. So, you know, we did uh, we did a '69 Mustang for Keith Urban a couple of years ago that we nice. unveiled in the SEMA booth or at the Ford booth. Keith was in every detail. Yeah, I mean, he we mixed colors of paint for him. That's awesome. We, you know, uh, his wife Nicole had bought him this Mustang and it needed full restoration, and uh, he always wanted this particular car, but he was in every detail. So it's cool when you get to work with, and you you know, and they're you know, Sung Kang. You know, yeah. guys like that yeah. that you get to work with that are good car guys. The, the that, real deal. The real There's deal. There's a lot of people who have gotten famous. They aren't really car people. Right. Maybe they got famous in the car world yeah. and they don't. But there are legitimate Limitary. people yeah. that are yeah. to the bone, to the core. Yeah. I have a uh, philosophical question for you about cars. And this is one of the things that I don't ever want the steering wheel to be taken out of my hand. But we've got autonomous cars coming up, things like that. And I know it's not necessarily super SEMA centric, but it's still something while you're in this legislative idea of trying to figure out at some point, and I think it's still 30 or 40 years away, 
Uh, autonomous cars is what they're trying to go for. You see all the robo-taxi problems in San Francisco yeah. Yeah. and all the funny stories that have come out of people that are vandalizing them by putting traffic cones in front of their cameras to I make them stop. That. I mean, uh, all, all sorts of funny things. Those are my people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's probably some other inappropriate stories that I've <laughs> been reading that people have done to them. But one of the questions I have is, and, and I, this is one of those things that I openly have talked about before. Man versus car? Nope. Car... Oh. Auto car or, 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 or autonomous car versus autonomous car. Yeah. If you're a manufacturer and you have to program your car and the cr- the collision is imminent, do you protect your uh, customer? I knew you were going there. Or do you protect the person on the outside? And this is one of the reasons why I don't think autonomous cars are going to catch on as fast as people think they are because the philosophical answers haven't been answered for what goes into legal, right? Right. And so if I'm Mercedes-Benz and I'm BMW, or if I'm Mercedes-Benz and I'm Honda and we're coming at a collision course and Mercedes-Benz says, I'm going to protect my customer at all costs. And Honda says, well, I'm going to protect the outside world at all costs. Not to say that those customers or those companies are that way, just using as an example. What is your thought on that being in the automotive industry and seeing those kinds of conversations on the horizon? Because you have to be forward looking 20 years. Yeah. So that is the question, right? So most people are saying it's the it's the person in the car. Mm-hmm. It's the it's, it's the person in the car. But wait, wait, it's the person in the car that lives or dies that lives. But here's the other thing. Well, which car Who, in that accident? Who's liable? But well, that's the other thing, right? Who's, I, I, who's, how do you figure it out? Is it, do we just go to no fault everywhere? Yep. Yeah, yeah, because because. I wasn't driving the car. Yes, yeah. I was a passenger in the car, but the car was designed by yes. Mercedes. It was designed yeah. by whoever. And by the way, so we are all familiar with AI and ChatGPT and everything else is, that's happening right now. AI will control the car. So it won't be like a system of rails where it's it's a physical trigger, where it, like, a, like a railroad, right? Where there's a switch that's thrown and it makes a right turn. It, it's all going to be AI in real time. Right. And it will make the decision for us Correct. i think because by the, t- the by the time that happens ai will be fully developed or or a lot more than it is now but, and it will choose whose life dies. you know but there's there's also a privacy thing going on right i mean sure. when you're in this vehicle they know where you are at all times yeah right and, and yeah. at what times i mean there's already work being done with evs because evs have no gas tax right right well and that was another thing i was going to bring up is here in california we went from being way over budget just a few years ago to being way under budget, and they're realizing, oh, wait. So they, they put a small surcharge on the registration of the EV, but there's no way. So what they're going to force coming. you to do is they're either going to go privacy by violating our privacy and going this by miles thing where that's they where plug they, in something you're over to, which is it's been fought down so many times, and it keeps coming up. Or they're going to say, you have to put in a second electrical meter at your house that's only for an electric car, and we're going to tax that meter just like we would tax a gas pump. Yeah. And and I don't like the the buy miles because I, I don't think it's fair. You're already paying for whatever. And, and, it, and it doesn't – like if I'm paying registration in California, but I spend my time at my cabin in Arizona or whatever, I have to pay all that tax to California still. Right. So, you know, at least with the gas tax, everybody pays if you're using it in that locality. Yeah, don't get me started because they're yeah. also adding toll roads here. Oh, now, right? that's the other oh, thing. Oh, that's awful. So outside my house, 405 Freeway is now getting a toll road. And by California state law, they cannot take away a carpool lane. And so I was like, well, how the hell are they adding two toll roads? But you, but you can't, you know, the carpool lane's gone. So what they did, these sneaky bastards, is they said, no, no, no. If you're a carpool... Toll lane's free. 
So you think, oh, that's okay. No, no, no. You have to sign up with their transponder and probably pay a freaking maintenance fee on that thing and keep an account in order to take advantage of the free toll lanes. And that's more data that they're trying to get. So, so they're, yeah, they are going to try to go this mileage thing. It's and, horrible. And they also want to charge you more during traffic hours yes. for that mileage. Right. They want to charge you more, which goes back to the freedom of movement. Right. And then on top of that, I've driven up to Central California in an EV, and I've plugged into a charger and had that energy and that mile per gallon or, or, or a dollar per mile equivalent in the EV be the same or more than gasoline mm-hmm. because of the taxes that they're putting on the EV. And everybody thinks, oh, EV, electricity is so cheap. No, no, no. Electricity is going to be a commodity that is in high demand, and we already in California can't all have our AC on at the same time without a brownout. Right. So I guarantee you what you think you're saving now, enjoy it because it is going away and charging your car and getting the same dollar per mile will come out to be the same or more than gasoline is today. Mark they're, my words. They're already, they're already changing the solar rates, right? You're not yeah. going to get the same credit back. Yeah, yeah. So so my neighbor, one street over, makes enough power to be completely off the grid. Electrical engineer. Dude's like, ah. <laughs> he called the utility company and they're like, well, you know, we can't take all your power. And he goes, well, then disconnect me from the grid. They go, oh, well, you can't do that. Right. And they will not let him disconnect his house from the grid. No, you have to be on the grid. And he provides more excess power than he ever takes, and he gets pennies in return. I uh, I was just texting, trying to get a hold of Matt Gamble, who I work with, who's been on the show a couple of times, one of the engineers at Banks, and I couldn't find him, but I, I'll, I'll screw up his theory. But he, Mike, he believes that electric full EV car owners should have their cars, their discharge rate throttled. So what happens is, you know, as they're not being penalized, hitting the, the accelerator pedal and zooming around because they're just going to go back and charge, charge and charge again. again and charge again. And the frequency of charging goes through the roof because when you do a fast zero to 60, it just kills the battery right. really, really fast. Why not throttle them? Because we have to go and pay for fuel. It should be the same way. And they're going to be taxing the grid because what what I'm seeing, the reason is he, he, we're, we carpool and we were just looking at Tesla drivers because there's so many in Southern California. They're, at, they're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. The My people, daughter and I have a game called Tic Tac Tesla. Yeah. And whoever sees three in a row first get wins. That they are right. every. It's bizarre. Is that over Prius? Yeah. Do you remember, you remember when Corey Willis, famous yeah. tuner out of yeah. Louisiana, yeah. he came out here it was the first time in yeah. California. And he goes, I see you got some Teslas out here. I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you have And between yet. Azusa and Redondo Beach, where I was, he was staying at my buddy's house, it was at 45 miles. Yeah. We counted 190 Teslas. No way. 190 Teslas in 45 miles. That's an interesting and, and so, concept, though, but, but, this, this but let, charge down. So, so this is crazy, because Matt says, look, as we were driving, Tesla drivers drive differently than gas drivers, right. because gas drivers, when you hit the accelerator pedal, you know you're chewing through gas or diesel. In an electric vehicle, nah, you're like, it's free. No, it's not free. And they know because the range is going down. There's still efficiency. But because that zero RPM, 100% torque is there, they're squirting in and out because so they can. that is how it came up. We were watching yeah. several drivers in, on the same morning just zip, 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 zip up back. Like they, they treat the car differently because it it works differently. It's It will so, dart So I'll bring back my comment when the Hummer EV came out. Big fan of Hummer. Loved them when they were a brand. Went racing with Rod Hall and Josh Hall and Chad Hall. And I'm just saying all the Halls because it really, you know, Lightning loves it. Um, and love the brand. 
and they kind of got caught flat-footed because the economy tanked, and they went from this brash, in-your-face, American, proudly American, unapologetic, right. all these things, right, into being like the poster child of like death of children or something like that, and forced GM's hand to basically kill the brand because they're like, it's inefficient, we don't want to be in-your-face, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to now, GMC revives Hummer and goes, Hey, look at us. And wouldn't you know, it's the most inefficient EV that's out there. And my whole conversation was, and I said this to the GM exec, I said, you're going to have the same problem you did back in 2008. At some point, being green isn't going to give you the free pass to do all the things that you're doing. And somebody's going to come after you with pitchforks and torches and be like, oh, it's the most inefficient EV. I go, you're just repeating history. But you you guys think, oh, we're going to pack all this technology in here and we're going to get a free pass because it's an EV. But I don't think that sentiment is going to be forever. No. So, Lightning, you know that you have to do certain carb work, right, on any ICE vehicle if you're building this aftermarket product. Do you know that there's a standard for an EV package for a retrofit EV package. If you're going to do a motor and battery pack and all that, there's actually a test that you have to do when you put it in the vehicle to get carb approved. Wait, why? What? Because <laughs> there's a there's a charge up. So we do the test. Okay. And there's an EV test that actually says if you're going to have this motor and this package and you're going to put it in a 65 Cobra and you're going to build these things, you, we have to we have to charge the vehicle. And we see how long it charges. We know how many amps it takes and all that. We run it on the dyno, just like you do an emissions test, on a trace until it runs down at a certain temperature. And then you have to charge it again. You have to run the test again. So there's even a test for EVs now. Yeah. So uh, it, it's kind of similar. It's like, how are you using this? How, how, right. how irresponsible is this electric vehicle? So there's one other thing that came out. I don't know if you guys saw this, but CARB sent out a questionnaire to people with older vehicles. And they wanted to know how many miles you drive in your 67, whatever. Where do you park it? How much gas do you leave in the tank when you park it? Because they want to do, know about the evaporative emissions? Yeah, yeah. all the uh, what you want to put, fuel, uh, you know, all those sorts of things. So they did this questionnaire out, and we got wind of it. We called CARB, and they said, well, it's just this model that we're doing. And, you know, that we do these models every 10 years. And, we're, and we said, great. There was an article that came out that said uh, the governor is considering these clean zones that you won't be able to drive older vehicles. Nah, see, that's... Wow, that's, and, that's dirty. Yeah, and um, and so we don't know that the two things were related. Yeah, but they... But, but it's... I mean... But it's... um Yeah, so they're talking about there'll be areas in California where there'll be clean zones. That's just like Paris. They're trying to turn America into Europe, and this is not Europe. Yeah. And, and so you may not be able to drive... Well, I'm waiting and, for them to go, everything has to be autonomous, and you can't drive your old car anymore because it doesn't have a transponder on it for the smart cars to know who you are. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, that's coming. And, and look, all of this, you know, there's one other argument on this, and it's disproportionate to low-income people. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I've, I've got a whatever, an older vehicle, because I can't afford something new, you're telling me I can't drive it in certain clean zones, yeah. right? What if that's so where I my job is? That's where my job is, yeah. right? Or, well, or are you telling me I got to buy an EV? By the way, the clean zones are going to be uh, high-income areas. No, the clean right. zones, no, what downtown, they'll do is right. the, the clean zones will start as downtown, and then they'll have a 100-mile radius from downtown. Then they'll have a 250-mile radius from downtown. And they'll just force you out of your car, just like, hey, we'll control firearms by taxing ammunition and taking ammunition out of it. We're going to control your car by telling you when and where you can drive it. And that is wrong. So 
I'm telling you right now, people, if you're listening and you hate everything that you're hearing right now about the future, <laughs> you're going to go to uh, SEMA's website and you're going to get the individual membership. That's at right. SEMA.org, correct? Yep. For $40 a year. And you're going to put money in the coffers of this organization that is protecting what you love most. What your hobby is. In your hobby life. I feel like you need a consumer division. Full blown. We're looking at it. Interesting. Yeah, we're looking at it. SEMA Fest, the SEMA, yeah. this individual kind of the membership. start of that. Yeah. We have to rally the troops. Yeah. We got to rally the troops. We've, you know, we've got a pack now and a super pack and. You know, I could go into that all yeah. night long, but, we're, you know, we're getting donations on packs and super packs from... If you're driving your Peterbilt right now or your spud truck <laughs> across the country and you're not swearing at your windshield as you're heading west, then we don't want you. But the rest of you, if you're angry, if you're when, sweating right when's now... When's the last time we pissed off our audience this much? Last week. We're going yeah. to support the, 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 the guys that support us and we're yeah. going to fight the guys that don't. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming out and spend the time Thank with you. us because I, I think I, every time we talk, to you, we could have you on once a month and we could not run out of topics. I mean, there's just so much going on yeah, at SEMA. Sure. You know, we just are scratching just, the surface. But I, I think with the show coming up, uh, it's the right time. And with all you. the legislation coming up, I mean, people have to know that they've got SEMA in their in their back pocket, that SEMA yeah. is fighting the good fight. And, yeah. and a lot of what you do might be visible to guys like us in the industry, but I don't think a lot of what you do is visible to the average Joe car guy, you know, uh, gearhead, whatever you want to call us. I, I think getting these stories out and talking about what you're working on, all the things in the future. I mean, we could just talk about ADOS or we could just talk about yeah. legislation or we could just talk about the show for hours on each topic. But I, I feel yeah. like we covered a lot of great yeah, stuff. Mike, you. you love what you do, don't you? I love it. I, you know, guys, I've been, I've aged myself. I've been in this industry 50 years and uh, uh, this year. And uh, I love every piece of it. I pinched myself. Well, it was in a couple of interviews ago that we discussed that you started early on. You owned a business that sold truck parts. Yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've bought and sold a few companies over the yeah. years. And I love it. This is my 43rd SEMA show. Well, here, here's it, what's funny, too, is, is you find yourself in the role of president. That was never your goal. It was never my your, goal. Your goal was not, oh, I can't wait to be the, the no. face of a, no. and the you, head of you a... You were like interim, right? No. You were yeah. Just, yeah, you yeah, yeah, interim, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll sit in that seat <laughs> until you guys can find the right guy. And here yeah. you are. How many yeah. years later? It's, it's a couple years now, yeah. and I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer I'll do it, but I, I'm so passionate about this industry, and I, you P- know... Please, please you, do it for a while longer. You, yeah. you guys are fun to hang with, obviously, and we are friends, and... That's the one thing that this, this industry is all passion and it's all guys that just love the vehicles and I pinch myself that I get to be part of that. It's, and, so this is hard to convey. This is gonna, so don't listen to this for a second, Mike. For you guys listening. You want to look at me and not him? I'm gonna that listen, way I'm gonna you don't make eye contact I'm, I'm, with him? I'm, I'm, I'm right, going to look got, at you, got it. Holman. Is that, so you guys, Please if, stop looking at me. It's if, uncomfortable. If you're, if you're, <laughs> since, since most of you are not in the industry, the president of SEMA, that position is a really big deal. And he's to, in my to, backyard right now. To, old, to, to, to us. <laughs> not, not just to Holman and I. And I'm going to use your tree in a minute. Yeah. But, it's, but, it's, but it's a really big deal. So whatever you do for a living, the guy that runs the company or or yeah. the head of all those companies, yeah. like that's Mike to us. And it's yeah. so it's so cool that he's one of us. He's not yeah. a suit. He's literally one of us. He's owned I, businesses. He's sold businesses. He's an entrepreneur. It. He's I a business it. owner. He's done the whole legal thing. He's had to deal with regulation. He's had to deal yeah. with successes and failures. He's a car guy. Now, I when mean, I say he's one of us, he's smarter than us. Be, and better looking. <laughs> better looking. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know about yeah, smarter, sure. but I'm better looking. <laughs> sure. And humble. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well... 
He is Mike Spagnola, <laughs> president hey, of specialty. Look at that guy in the suit out there. Association. He actually is holding a urinal. <laughs> well, it's been a treat, as it always is, having you. you on our show, and it's wonderful having you in the pod shed. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. you for coming. We really All appreciate right. it. Love hanging with you. We gotta wait till the song is over here. So we're just awkwardly gonna just yeah, we're just gonna see her through it. Okay, all right. Can I whistle? All right. Well, that was awesome having uh, the president in uh, in studio. We just want to remind you guys that. Uh, Go to SEMAfest.com if you're interested in uh, getting tickets. Again, uh, the Friday night is Incubus, Wiz Khalifa, Third Eyed Blind, Bush, Ludacris. Saturday night, Imagine Dragons, AJR, Walk the Moon, The Struts, Bad Flower. So many more uh, awesome bands. So uh, that's going to be November 3rd and 4th uh, at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. So uh, if you want to be a part of SEMA, then uh, that's all your information right there at SEMAfest.com. And I think at SEMA Show... Dot com. You can get those tickets for Friday as well if you want to come and do the actual show itself. Show itself. Yeah, so not we, the fest, but the show. And we've said this before. There are some friends of mine that have had the SEMA show on their bucket list for, for decades, decades. Uh, but they haven't been able to go. Now you, your chance. Now you yeah. can. And Legally, it, without having to buy off the credentials of some dude on <laughs> Craigslist. Exactly. You do need to spend the night prior, get a hotel room, wherever, and you yeah, need- This to, isn't a half-day show. So what you want to do, here's here's the plan. Because there's so much to see outside, it doesn't officially open until 9 a.m., but Friday, get there at like 7.30, 8 o'clock, and, and walk around the Hoonigan area all out front under the monorail. That's going to take you a full hour minimum. And then at 9 a.m. when the doors open, you can rush right in, and you're going to have to choose your battle. Like just it was South Hall for wheels and tires, Central Hall for hot rod, uh, West Hall for trucks, West Hall for trucks, North Hall for uh, all sorts of tools and uh, audio and kind of a bunch of different things there. I would say if you're a truck guy, you got to hit West Hall for sure. Period. Yeah, do West. So Hall you got to. Everybody needs to do Central Hall, and if you've got time where you kind of want to see a bunch of stuff, then North Hall, wheels and tires. It's a big hall that'll suck your time up. I love. I, I'm a wheel and tire guy. I'll spend time at South Hall, but like Holman is probably if you right. Have one day to do it. If you're if a truck yeah. guy, you you absolutely start here's with the, the here's brand the, new hall. West here's Hall. Here's the secret. Those wheels and tires are going to be on vehicles throughout the show. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Just maximize your time. That's all. Yeah, because you you cannot see it. I tried one year, and you have to actually jog. No, no, you you literally can't see the show. They say if you walk every aisle, it's something like 26 miles or something like that. So unless you feel like walking 26 miles in a day and not seeing everything. Oh, and by the way, there will be dudes on hover rounds four wide in the aisle that will block your way. So just when you think you've got, you know, you got a leg up and you're going to make it to your meeting, nah, nah, you're, you're just, take a deep breath. There's lots of people. Enjoy the scenery as you go and have a great time. And who knows, maybe you'll see us there. Lightning at truckshowpodcast.com, Holman at truckshowpodcast.com. Send us an email and let us know if you're going to be at the uh, SEMA Fest. We'll meet up. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. And please give us a follow over on social, at Truck Show Podcast, at Sean P. Holman, at LBC Lightning, or give us a call on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And we would be remiss if we did not ask you 
to leave us a five-star review. Head over to Spotify or to Apple and uh, leave us a note. The funnier, the better. And the more stars, the better. You know what we have never asked for? And this is super weird. Money? No, I was in the shower the other day. Okay, this is getting weird. It's not gonna Don't go. make it weird. It's not weird at all. Don't make it weird. It's not going to be weird. It's already weird. It's not weird. Then I, I was in the shower. I was on my way to work driving. Is that better? Yeah, I think so. For, okay. for my mind's eye, yes. That's right. I'm just driving, sitting in traffic, and it occurs to me... That water is we, coming through your car? No. And you're wet? No, I'm oh. not in the shower. I'm <laughs> okay, driving. I'm just trying okay. to... I'm driving to work, and you I have this epiphany. You poisoned my mind's eye. I, I had an epiphany. Uh-huh. We have never asked anyone to share the link to our podcast on Facebook. Please do that. Every one of you is on Facebook. Well, most of you. If you share, hit that little share button. Lightning will send you stickers. I, I sure. I'm just. <laughs> I'm asking you too because look, we, we have been asking you guys for, and you've been really awesome. I mean, with well over a thousand. Every reviews. time we ask you guys for stuff, you, you come through. You it. come through, and, yeah. and but listen, we appreciate it. We are like the way How about for this? us to get to your this? friends is through Facebook. Can I so, clean this up a little bit? Sure, sure. Pick out this. This is like episode number forty-two or forty-three of of season number two, right? Since since we took over the show ourselves. Pick out your favorite episode since January and share that on social with your group and say, love these guys. This is my favorite episode this year. And honestly, I'd love to hear what your favorite episodes are. Feel free to tag us in your post to your friends as well. Just pick out your favorite episode and go, give it a listen. That's Dude, all. Tag us and we'll comment. You'll be like, what? Yeah. Lightning and Holman. Yeah, they weighed in on my uh, Facebook post. See, we'd love that. I like that, right? Just I- pick, pick out your last favorite episode from the last 40 episodes and share the episode. Or listen- if you like something better from a long time ago and you want to share it, share it. But we would love for you guys to help us out and, and spread the word and, and get the uh, get the love going for the Truck Show Podcast. In the uh, context of love, we love our Nissan trucks, so we have to thank them for being our presenting sponsor and bringing this show to you on a weekly basis. Nissan is a purveyor of reliable, affordable, value-packed, and rugged pickup trucks, whether it's the midsize Nissan Frontier or the full-size Nissan Titan or Titan XD. These are American-made pickup trucks from Canton, Mississippi, and you should put your butt in one of their zero-gravity seats. If you're interested in a new pickup truck, at least put it on your test drive list. I think you might be impressed, and uh, you might end up uh, driving one home. So NissanUSA.com for build and price, or your local Nissan dealer where you can get a test drive. Or if your butt is sitting in a seat in a really sluggish truck and it's driving you crazy, you just feel like there's more you can get out of your engine as far as response, check out the Banks Pedal Monster. It is the smartest throttle controller on the market. It kind of makes your truck feel like it's got an old school cable actuated throttle. It's just snappy when you want it. 30 levels of sensitivity, active safety so you feel like it's not going to strand you like some of the other throttle controllers do, reverse safety so you don't dunk your boat and the truck at the launch ramp. Type in your year, make, and model to find the pedal monster for your truck at bankspower.com. And in the spirit of uh, ending our show with puns, uh, we will also talk about butts by uh, reducing saggy bottoms <laughs> with our friends over at hellwigproducts.com. If the rear of your vehicle sags while you're hauling or towing, you'll want to get a set of helper springs. Or if you feel like your vehicle has way too much sway because you got that big old tall uh, ladder rack or that camper up there, or or just you don't like the fact that there's no rear sway bar from the factory, they can help you alleviate unwanted body roll and make your next road trip a lot more smoother and confidence-inspiring. Head over to HellwigProducts.com. Hellwig products are made in the USA, and they have been since 1946. It's a four-generation family business, and you guys should support them the way that they support the Truck Show podcast. You know what, Holman? Come to think of it, I wish Mike Spagnola was the real president. You know what? 
any platform that includes bright lighting, tire smoking, V8 singing, wheels tucking, boulder smashing, turbo spooling, nitrous dumping, road twisting, torque having, you know what? United we drive lightning! USA! 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 The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast.